Gaelic football on Off The Ball. With AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. And you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, football on Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sports and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106. Tweet us at Off The Ball. Also comment on YouTube where we're streaming because you can listen across the country on your radio and News Talk. But also watch us on the digital and social channels for Off The Ball for Twitter at Off The Ball, YouTube and on Facebook. We also podcast the show on the Off The Ball section of the Go Loud Network. It's also available wherever you get your pods if you ever miss the live broadcast here on News Talk. Joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland International David Myler and in studio by the co-ramblers Boss Shane Keegan and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward Ron Ferguson watch with Johnny Ward uh, he starts for uh, Brighton today yeah I'm like <laughs> I'm literally just going to look at the TV for the next hour David Myler is absolutely um, cracking up there and yeah. he's, al- he's already gone Myler's gone Myler, Myler's the man no apologies JD I uh, saw um, the Man City Bayern game and I saw the Rovers Shells game last night so I haven't had a massive week- weekend of uh, football watch last weekend I was down in Shane's country uh, down in Cork and um, so it's good to be back watching football and it's great to see Evan starting against in a game of this nature just to see where he's at I find it hilarious that Johnny calls Cork Shane's country Shane's county when David Myler's actually on the show with us surely he has far more claim for it to be David Myler's county than Shane's county Did he write well, I, ain't take it, I, ain't take, I ain't I ain't taking David Myler's county but if you want to say where David Myler's from oh, <laughs> oh yeah silly <laughs> you're down in, in Cove you're down in Cove that's a different county to itself yeah, they definitely see it that way anyway David don't they that's for sure yeah it was mad I was down in um, Ballycotton Davis and I haven't been I haven't been cycling much of late but I was like I'll get a spin in for Ballycotton to Kinsale which is like 60k or something which would be like a drop of the hat when I'm fit but I'm not fit at the moment it took me all day but I got into Cove and Google Maps tells me, you have to stop now, turn right and get the ferry across the river. I was like, what? <laughs> so otherwise it's like an extra half an hour or so. You cross the River Lee to basically, and there were a load of cars waiting. And I got chatting to some of the Cove locals, big fans of Shane Keegan probably. And uh, yeah, so my cycle took Until the results changed. <laughs> and they did last night. And they did last night. Keegan so must go. friends of Shane as of today. Um, but God, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, I have to say now, Cork is absolutely amazing in places and I was only in like the likes of Kinsale and um, Castle Martyr and a few of the coastal spots but want to travel it more David I, I can see where you're in love with it Myler's Country it's I can a, see a new TV series it's what you call it it's a hidden gem down that way it down is um, down West Cork and that obviously when you go further down um, Skullway and Garve all that that's that's absolutely beautiful um, I've yet to get my wife to go down there because I was like if we we travel to Manchester, fly across, and then we're only another hour and a half, two hours. And she was like, I, I didn't think Cork was that big. I'm not going that far. So I can't get her to venture down that, down the, to the west yet. The, with the various peninsulas, like, and all that. So if, like, West Cork is a, is like um, a state of mind almost to borrow the phrase about Galway Race from John B. Keane because it's, it's so vast and so hard to actually get around. So like, even to get to Kinsale, you're like, it's not a hope we're going to get to the likes of, where you know, are you, where, where are you cycling from and to? Valley Cotton to Kinsale, which really isn't that far. So you essentially go, you bypass Cork City, but um, you go through um, uh, Carrigaline, more or less. Um, but but Cove was the tricky one because I, I came into Cove, I was kind of looking around and it's a unique place, Cove, really. It's kind oh, of yeah, you, very you know, unique. Yeah, like, like it's not. One of the, because we went down uh, the Monday before last, and we actually stayed down on a train that night, but my, my wife, Roshi, and a young fellow, Connor, came down and we, we stayed in a hotel overnight. And she was commenting that. The main street in Cove 
is one of the only main streets I've ever been on where like there is literally no brand name if you get that's me on the cool. whole it's like all you know yeah, all soul, cool. soul owned businesses the whole way along it mm. like the sports shop is not a lifestyle or an Elvry's it's I don't know whoever the local guy down there who owns the sports shop is and the coffee shops are all independent and like non-stop independent shop after independent shop which you hardly see anywhere anymore do you mm. like you don't Absolutely, you don't yeah. see that anymore um, well they yeah. wouldn't they wouldn't invite they wouldn't invite the big brands in there, yeah <laughs> that's it they wouldn't that's yeah. it what was it like Irish by birth Cork by the grace of God or something like that but um that's the Cork love and done for the next 10 years anyway. <laughs> yeah. did, did, did you holiday down in the West Cork when you were young David? No I didn't uh, JD I must say I was one of the fortunate children growing up that I was able to go abroad um, we varied here there and everywhere I was very lucky Where did you go though? Um, um, I went to South Africa Australia um, the usual That's proper abroad. I was expecting that's like proper Ben Benidorm or Tenerife yeah. was like, well, West Cork's nice, but then you go know, South Africa, Australia, yeah, can we? Really, you know. I remember being yeah. as, as I remember as a fourteen-year-old, my uh, my mom, mom would be a kind of one of the cooler mams, put it that way. Mom, at fourteen years of age, mom took me and my best mate to Ibiza. <laughs> fourteen. Yeah. Did she, did she not get you like a Diego Maradona jersey? Oh, yeah. yeah. We're not going to tell that story again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, not again. No, Johnny. It's got enough yeah, of I, was, I, I was lucky because um, we, like my mum likes to explore the world. Um, she likes to visit or visit different places. So like I've done all Table Mountain, Cape Town, all that. And then done Sydney, Melbourne, like explored. It's not just, like it, I probably didn't appreciate at the time. Like I'd have been young, like. 9, 10, 11, 12, those, those years. Um, but we ventured off. It was kind of never just the kind of, even the holidays I go on now, I go to the same hotel, I go to the same place, I go to the same restaurants. I'm just I'm stuck in my old ways. But as a kid, I used to venture all around the world. Yeah, we went, um, do you know the, a town I'd love to visit more, David, is Clonakilty. So went to the Michael Collins, you went to the Michael Collins. For oh, the Evan Ferguson crossbar. Crossbar. Ah. Not an Evan Ferguson much, evidently. You went to the Michael Collins one hundred on, on the day of the, the day on the on the actual day. So went to the years. went to the um his museum. I know, I realise we're ten minutes in. We haven't discussed any football. We went to <laughs> the beauty of this program. Went to went to the the Clonakilty Museum. Bear with us, listeners. And it's like um three or four floors, and it's a really like English designed square in Clonakilty. And it, Michael, I think when he was a kid or a student, he lived there for maybe a year. So fascinating, and I just had to go because we didn't have time to do it properly. You could spend like four hours there, like and like a, a letter that um O'Donovan Rossa wrote to his um wife in America in about 1860 or something and he was on about the early days of their marriage and he said when he had so when the two of us had so much to say and we said next to nothing which is exactly the opposite of the show really of course. absolutely yeah. Johnny's auditioning for the, the new host of the history show I think no I think it's more Johnny's stuff. Ireland uh, where he, he travels oh, around imagine, Ireland, imagine you know. doing a Tommy Tiernan type, type <laughs> like tour of yeah, um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Evan Ferguson's so. hit the bar TV, uh, TV producers uh, take note uh, Aston Villa 3 Newcastle nil. Chelsea nil, Brighton nil, Everton nil, Fulham nil, Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil, Wolves nil, Brentford nil. In the Championship, Sheffield United beat Cardiff 4-1 earlier on. Blackpool lead Wigan 1-0. Uh, it's, uh, Watford won, Bristol City nil. Audi Watkins scored twice. Villa are six points only off the Champions League spots, Shane Keegan. They were fantastic. Uh, I only got to see the first 45 before jumping in the car to come up here, Jetty, but they were absolutely outstanding in the first half. They really, really were. Um, I, For one reason or no, another, I don't know, have they been on telly a huge amount? I definitely haven't seen Villa um, much this season. Um, and they kind of probably flew under my radar up until maybe a week or two ago and I looked at the table and I was like, jeez, I hadn't realised they'd, they'd rise so, so far. Um 
and yeah I, I, so I, I, I stuck it on for, for uh, the first half today and they were brilliant they were absolutely brilliant um, Moreno the left back geez, what, he is a serious serious player um, he was bombing forward absolutely raiding forward and then the obvious one is, is Ollie Watkins is in the form of his life like he scored two did you, did you see the goal he didn't score absolutely superb assist <laughs> so for, for Ramsey's the ball comes in and he kind of realises in mid-air I can't really get my head around this to get a header on target even though he's only five he's inside the six yard box maybe four yards out so he manages to kind of pirouette in the air and head the ball backwards instead straight into Ramsey's path and Ramsey blasted it home um, but oh no Emery what a job he's doing like absolutely superb to be fair to them what position were you in when he took over because they're Oh. Obviously, they're only a couple of points off. Seventeenth, weren't they? Yeah. They were seventeenth. Beautiful. It's, it's just, it is. It's quite remarkable what he's done, Unai Emery. And the, I'm actually so happy for him because obviously the, his time at Arsenal didn't work out, and then he goes to Villarreal, and obviously they beat United in the Europa League. Um, but then to come back to the Premier League and a team, in fairness, were struggling. The turnaround has been just remarkable, and as Shane there said, like all players have found a new lease of life, and they've just kicked on. Ollie Watkins is probably most informed English striker in the Premier League. Yeah, 14 Premier League goals. It's not like the players are all new. Um, Dan Longer is the only player who came into the team today. It's been pretty much the same cast of characters that Stephen Gerrard had, you know. Daddy Ings has left. And um, look, Newcastle, they're going to have these types of results. They can't be on the run they've been on as well all season. But it's just interesting because I, when I'm looking at the top four, I'm looking at Villa now, Spurs, we're going to find out how they do against Bournemouth today. Man United now definitely got questions to answer with Martinez out for the rest of the season. Uh, Varane's going to be out for a few weeks. It's back to Harry Maguire, um, Luke Shaw, um, Victor Lindelof to carry them through. Just a, one of the teams that should be there but aren't are Chelsea, JD. And obviously I think Liverpool are in the same boat, but they were pretty, I thought they were pretty hapless in the game against Madrid in the second half. They looked, as much as they had a good chance at the end, they never... Sending off didn't help. Yeah. The sending off didn't help, um, but it was, a, it was a red card. And these are the tackles you don't make. They've started this game really, really badly against Brighton. Brighton have been, it's a Brighton of like 85% territory so far, Shane. Uh, they're, they're, they're murdering them. And it went, it went, JD, it went about five minutes from that Ev, Evan Ferguson um, attempt before they could actually show a replay of it. Such was, the, the ball was consistently in play with, with Chelsea chasing shadows and Brighton knocking around. I mean, just to go to it, uh, Jetty, like he, he's received the ball with his back to goal inside the 18-yard box. He actually ends up coming outside of the 18-yard box to find a bit of space, then pirouettes on it. So goes from his back to being to, to the goal to somehow spinning around. And then it's like, almost like a, a, a golf shot the way he's... Uh, Oh, Chelsea have scored the deflected goal. goal Connor Gallagher uh, came off a Brighton player it's kind of looped over so ahead of uh, so Robert Sanchez and it's into the net Connor Gallagher with the goal Chelsea won Brighton nil that was a horrible deflection in fairness um, the keeper seemed to be in mid-air when the, when the ball changed flight completely and it's so disappointing because as we said to be fair we look like fools now but Brighton had been brilliant for the first 10 and, and as I said that Evan Ferguson effort was absolutely brilliant so unlucky the way it's hit the crossbar and come back at him but uh yeah, look, first time Chelsea have probably got out of their own half. We're just seeing the replay here. Um, and this is, look, we know what the crack is with Brighton. It's high risk, high reward, the way they press. Um, and it's just a yeah, really came off, came bad off dunk, deflection off dunk, is yeah, it? Yeah, flicked over the head of uh, Robert Sanchez, as I said there. Um, yeah, like they're not going to do it against Real Madrid, are they, uh, David Myler? But Man City, on the other hand, are looking good in the Champions League. You never, you can never say never. No? Um, like if you looked at even, even when Chelsea played, they're nice. Like, they had chances early on. Um, that one, certainly when Joe Felix was put through by Kante, he needs to cut across Militao, kind of take him out, and he could potentially be brought down. And they did create some chances. But then, like, it just became so stretched. 
But on the other hand, then, as you said, Man City, um, like they're fighting on all fronts for like the treble. Could they do it? I think they potentially could. Um, certainly a 3-0 victory um, was, was very impressive. And you just look at the squad depth they have. Um, that would be a major factor for them going forward. And I think if Pep was to say, he was to lose the Premier League and win the Champions League, I think he'd take it. Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Certainly, certainly they're in the driving seat. Um, and, you know, albeit say Real Madrid get through, that would be the game. Um, because I think I think both sides between City and Madrid would brush up the other side quite easily. Um, then again, in a one-off game, you never know. But I fancy whoever wins that semi-final of City-Madrid would go on to win it. Jack Grealish deserves a lot of credit, doesn't David Myler? I know he's got a bit of a Jack the Lad um, reputation, but his performances have been sensational since the World Cup. They have, and the the biggest notice, the biggest thing I've noticed with Grealish's performances is, is the amount of work he's doing off the ball and tracking back. Um, obviously, Pep has these huge demands he puts on his players. Obviously, this you see them; they play this effortless football, of, you know, icky tacky style, knocking around. But the amount of times we're now seeing Grealish run 60, 70 yards back to make a last ditch tackle when, you know, Man City get caught high up in possession and they're they're on the back foot and they're looking back at their own goal. And Grealish is one of the boys getting back. Um, that's something we would never associate him with his time at Villa. Um, and he's really kicking on. And look, his goals and his assists, he's really proven to be that 100 million pound player. But there was a lot of question marks over him. I, I do feel he's answered a lot of them um, and I think he'll continue to get better under that under that development of Pep. It's a strange question to ask, David, but how does Haaland get better? <laughs> I don't think he can. Like, is he... Like, when you're looking at someone, they can obviously develop their game. Um, like, he's, he's good at his hold of play. Um, his link-up is good. He's strong. He's quick. He can use his right foot, his left foot. He can head. Like there's not there's not a whole lot. Um there's not there's like he has everything. Like I remember it was only just the other day when he broke, what was it, the, the most goals scored in um the total goals scored across all competitions by an English English representative in the Premier League. Um obviously he's he's broken that record and it, it flashed me back to when we were on the show talking about how many league goals would he finish up and now you look at it, they've got Leicester today at home. Like he could easily score three or four again. Like that's the scary part, and there's not a whole lot that he can improve on. Um, it's just, it's just remarkable what he's done this season. I, I hadn't um, hadn't seen the bet, and Brighton went off strong, strong favourites in this game as uh, Chelsea, and home, they, they look like they really Chelsea don't seem to have an idea what to do against their press chain. They look all over the place, and it's probably one of the most fortuitous one nil leads I've seen in a game at this stage and that they've had like one fluky goal and it's been all Brighton and you'd hope Ferguson will get some joy he looks full of confidence anyway and uh, yeah corner for Brighton and they've been playing exceptionally well 53106 hi John a slight tangent doesn't have a patch in your last 10 minutes of radio excellent impromptu radio great crack really enjoyable listening to that chat well, I don't want to must be from Cork I don't want to discuss it like <laughs> hey um, <laughs> um, I'll yeah. be from Cove <laughs> <laughs> the, the only thing John is the numbers um, have shown that at this point this season compared to this point last season Man City as a team have not scored any more goals than they had scored at this point last season and have conceded more goals than they have at this point last season but, so, but Shane, Shane I made that point I made the point at the start of the season when Haaland came in it was like City scored over 100 goals mm-hmm. and I felt like they, they we said right can they get a number 9 to get them the 30 plus goals the, the replacement for Aguero they always had your Foden's, your Maris, your De Bruyne's, Bernardo Silva's, they were all getting, say, 
give or take eight to 12 in between. But now Haaland has just come in and he's basically gone, right, I'll get 40 and the rest of you get your fives and sixes. And I think that's, it was City were always going to score loads of goals, but now it's just one man is scoring all of them. Mm. And I agree with you, they're not, they're conceding too many and that's been a big issue. Yeah, and yes, watching the game the other night, I mean, that is, that was an incredibly impressive Man City performance the other night and you'd have to feel they do. But they finished the tie, you'd have to, like, I know that, you know, I know it happened against Real Madrid last year that they didn't finish it ultimately, but I think they'd probably win over there. Yeah, you know, like, especially with the craziness of, um, Sadio Mane, Deccan, yeah, Leroy Sane. But you also can't if you if you were playing, you need to score now three against City at home. So that means you have to take a few gambles. If you play Haaland, he'll just expose them. And I think it was said earlier in the season that City were coming for the second half of the season. They weren't great in the first half. They're peaking now, and I think they look miles better than anyone, including Real Madrid. I really do. I don't think Real Madrid are actually that great. I think Chelsea caused them problems. Chelsea are poor at the moment. Um, and I, I'd be. You've said it, JD. This is the year. If they don't win it this year, they may as well give up. 53106 is interesting. I was talking to Villa season ticket holder before the managerial change. He assured me at the time Villa were the worst coach team in the Premier League. Says Tom, an opinion there on 53106. Hi lads, Evan Ferguson looking good again today. Will you ask Johnny where he ranks in the top five Fergusons from Dan? That's not Dan McDonald who's not here today. <laughs> top five Ferguson. Well, Alex Ferguson, um, uh, Duncan Ferguson. Big Duncan. Barry Ferguson. Barry Ferguson. Barry Ferguson, yeah. Barry, like Barry, his dad, or? There's two Barrys, yeah. yeah. There's Barry, his dad, and Rangers Barry. Because he was part of his creation, I suppose. Massey Ferguson. Massey <laughs> That's a great call. <laughs> I'd have him. I'd have him just behind Massey Ferguson. Actually, be a bit quicker. Um, Massey. What was the the John Zetter and the Massey Ferguson were the rivals when I was a kid? Do you remember that, David Myler? Probably no. too too city no, for you. You're showing your age, no lads. <laughs> showing my rural upbringing. Yeah, I, I was reared in bacon and cabbage and Massey Ferguson. <laughs> hey. Ferguson's. I was. Um, I was reared. I was reared on the BBC. Yeah, that's but, what, <laughs> in um, Dublin, that's what you watched. We didn't know what tractors were. Maybe he'll be better than them all. Um, maybe he will be better than them all but um, still, still only 18 JD yeah well I suppose Alec Ferguson's going to be a different um, beast box Ferguson remember started off as a striker I he's a hell of a player he's a striker for Rangers yeah yeah and I think yeah. he'd love I think he'd be all over Evan Ferguson if you were Man United you know he was um, about to emigrate to Canada Alex Ferguson uh, but then he scored a hat-trick I think the next day and, wow. say, and that thing got him a move or something it was like you know he but also he should have been sacked as Man United manager if you if you've any sort of parameters who's the man who saved him Mark Robbins Mark yeah Robbins. So 1990. yeah Coventry manager yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There's I played a under Mark you played under yeah. him did you yeah. yeah incredible incredible manager um, fantastic time for him and the way like what he's doing now if you look back on a few years ago we, ooh, 2017 they won League 2 the playoffs, they got promoted. Then he stayed in League One, just missed out in the playoffs. Following season, went up as champions. And then he's just sustained them in the championship now and the, the top half of the championship. All on quite a limited budget. Mm. Um, he's got a, a coaching with him, Adi Vivash. who did a lot of his, say, learning at Chelsea Academy and whatever. And he's brought him in um, and he's done a fantastic job. And um, I could only say how things of him. Cause he's, um, big he's three at the back manager. believer, David, aren't they, I think? Yeah, he's he's chopped and changed. Mm. Um, there was there was a couple of, there was a period last season where um, they had a couple of injuries to centre half, and he kind of chopped around to kind of shore up, bringing a full back inside, um, and then they've kind of kicked on with it. But like some of the recruitment where they're picking these players up, I'm not even going to try and pronounce um, the Swedish boy's name. JD, you can have an attempt at a victor or something. Um, I know how what it is like, but I'm not attempting. But he was an incredible find who's scoring a lot of goals for Coventry and he's up for player of the season. Um, and he's he, he's done a fantastic job. And they lead 1-0 away to QPR. Yeah, they have a big... Um, 
I know we, I get slagged for mentioning them on the show, but they have had a, a really sort of patchy run of form, which is fair enough because they've been on an unbelievable run, very much in the playoff picture. And is it Guillaume Carres? Um, that's it, yeah, JD. He, I wasn't he, going to attempt it. He, he scored. He scored the goal today. There we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Blackpool won Wigan nil. You know, by the way, Watford won Bristol City nil. It's Chelsea won Brighton nil. Conor Gallagher. Funny City Coventry because it was bombed during the war and kind of had to be completely rebuilt. It's full of Irish, like full. I of was Irish. there only yeah. in October. Yeah, it's like it's not. You wouldn't say it's particularly. Well, the Sky Museum is nice. Sky, yeah. If, I mean, if you're basing, you know, your your sartorial elegance or whatever, your your elegance on on a, on a Sky Museum doesn't say much for the rest of the city. But it's full of Irish, and that's, that's a disgraceful attack on Sky. <laughs> no, I mean Sky is great, like, but um, yeah, I mean, it's it was it's a strange city, and and the move from Highfield Road to that yeah, Rico Arena's middle Rico nowhere. Arena's like yeah. wasps owned it, and now wasps yeah, are in big a, trouble. It's an industrial estate. I tried yeah. to, I tr- they actually had a third. Um, choice strip of the two-tone uh, which is a Sky label oh, and, it, cool. and I went out to the Rico Arena to try and get one but it was out of stock yeah so it was a waste which of is, you get that it's one of these sad cases of and thankfully it hasn't like can you imagine if Bowes moved to that place by the airport where they were supposed to move and but for the grace of God it just didn't happen Bowes are now in Daily Mount and they're redeveloping Daily Mount Shells are staying in Talca like these grounds like Lansdowne Road that are in the city like it, we should never lose sight of them because once they're gone they're gone and you go to a place like the Rico Arena and you're like I mean you have to drive there it's a soulless place and uh, Coventry I think have been fi- trying to find their identity since they've left Highfield Road uh, so we have Premier League uh, games um, goal going in uh, we'll have to wait and see if VAR confirmed it but Everton nil, Fulham won uh, that's uh, Harrison Reid who uh, scored an own goal last week has uh, found the net at Goodison Park Chelsea won Brighton nil, Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil, Spurs nil, Bournemouth nil, Wolves nil, Brentford nil. David how do you reckon uh, Noel Hunt will get on at Reading <laughs> I don't know. Um, I know he's been obviously doing, he did a period of the 23s um, and obviously he's stepping up now. It's a total different kettle of fish. See, they had they had a tough time with Paul Ince there recently because they had a lot of injuries. Um, and obviously Ince's comments after kind of saying, well, I've got seven or eight first team players out and I'm playing a lot of young lads and they're on the way back, those players. So if he can get those back, you never know. Um, obviously the point deduction, it's just one of those clubs where there's, there's kind of a couple of underlying issues going on. Um, I think for now it's just kind of a safe pair of hands to kind of just navigate them through this and see if they can pick up points but inevitably if they don't then they are looking at relegation and they will find themselves in League 1 uh, Dan was writing a piece actually I think it was today or during the week in the ind- Independent about the, the lack of Irish managers in the in the 92 clubs and like Noel's one of the very very few now you know what else we got? Um, yeah. Mark Kennedy. Mark Kennedy. Yeah, but I, like I, I think there's a point in, in terms of the League of Ireland here that like you've you've really high profile managers now who are in Ireland. Like, and it's exceptionally competitive in the Premier Division. Like you're looking at last night. We'll hopefully talk about it later in the show. Like the quality of Shamrock Rovers, Shells, and the embrace of Damien Duff and Stephen Bradley who should have really taken a pretty big job in England but decided to stay at home and then you've Damien Duff you know one of our most celebrated players really really well regarded managers Rory Higgins Tim Clancy so on um, Colin Healy and there, there isn't an easy avenue to England JD because the jobs aren't really there so they kind of have to stay in Ireland and and then you have like all the coaches coming up in the underage as well like so it's it's really becoming like an organism here of young coaches who are trying to work within an Irish context and are just not get, not necessarily in the mood in the um, running for jobs in England anymore 
5-3-1-0-6. What a game of Daily Man last night. Two teams going at each other with great guile and pace. Bowes deserved a draw at least. We're the better team with just 10 players. It's David. And I'd say it properly, Amasi is a massive, but a Zetter is better. A Kinsale supporting Bowes, Man and Cabra. Great chat. Wow, there we go. Um, yeah, the Bowes fan, like Kinsale, what a town. Like, I mean, oh my God, I could move there in a heartbeat, but it's a long way from... How COVID be my the, the size the size of the county is absolutely massive. Mm. We we I brought back to Cork chat. Now. We were doing a thing in 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 pre season where we were you know we were talking about our schedule and how we were going to schedule the season and how many sessions we we're going to do a week and all of that kind of stuff. And I was I was like, okay, uh, you know, put your hands up if you're living inside the the Cork County border as opposed to put your hands up if you're if you're outside it. But like those fellas living within the Cork County border who still had to travel over an hour to get to Cove. Like it's it's a massive massive county. I you know I I hadn't fully wrapped my head around it. It's the Texas um, of Ireland. <laughs> like well, I, I think that anybody within the border is within an hour's drive. No, I would <laughs> say like um, the t- the edge of the Barrow Peninsula to Cove would take you to go to two hours. I'd say like yeah. it's 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 and the rest. Yeah, it's just it's massive. And um, I suppose as well, David. What's interesting is that you've the football kind of fraternity, the Gaelic football the fraternity, West, yeah. and then you've the hurling the fraternity. City. Yeah, and like. Judging by, I suppose, the loss, and you're obviously at the heart of this, the loss to Cork or Clare in the football would suggest that it's at a low ebb, but it, it is one of those counties that I guess has like so much going on. And rugby as well. Rugby obviously. as well. Like, it's kind of like Galway in that respect, except we're better. <laughs> what? No, exactly. Better at the arts and the oyster festival, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. And great oysters in Galway. Maybe the races. Yeah, and the races, yeah. Mallow's not bad, but it's no Galway, yeah. Yeah. David, yeah, uh, no, Myler, I'll, I'll, give you that. I'll give you the horse racing. I'll give you the horse racing. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Um, better hurling team at the moment as well, just about. Better, yeah, way better football yeah, team. Yeah. You're, you're, you're the real capital, obviously, David. Uh, <laughs> David, you, um, you've um you done your UEFA licence. Um, is the pathway very, very difficult for Irish um, prospective managers to get into the Premier League, the Championship? Is it? Is it a, what, what are the roots, as it were? Do you have to prove yourself even at a lower level than that or be assistant um, or something? Yeah, it's there's a lot of variables, um, JD. I find like it's it'll be like was it? I'm sure off the top of my head, it was Stephen Bradley was obviously linked with was it the Lincoln job? Um, oh. Am I right? Uh, sorry, sorry, Shane, sorry, sorry like, David. We're distracted these, by almost the best prem, almost <laughs> almost the best Premier League goal of score, all time. Brighton like, have literally played score. about. 9, 10, one touch passes there from the goal line. From obviously. the goal line, inside their own eight yard, eight or six yard box, and oh, Matoma just—it's not really that close in the end. If, but Matoma had a great chance. It would have been the best passing goal, better than the Arsenal one that time, better than any we've ever it. seen. They might have got a sh- they got a shade of look in the middle of it, but it was amazing. It was all one touch. This is a hyperbole free zone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so going back, JD. Sorry, yeah. just going back. But it's it's. So I think it was like say Stephen Bradley was linked with Lincoln, Lincoln yeah. and then like it's. You start going like, right, well, is he going to take the job? And like, regardless if he signs a two or three year contract, right? He's obviously had huge success with Shamrock Rovers. Um, and even so, you know that, all right, they had a sticky start, but they weren't losing games. They were drawing a lot. And you, you imagine they'll come strong and finish out and they'll be there, thereabouts, right? But if he leaves that job and goes to Lincoln, just for argument's sake, say it doesn't work out or six or seven games, the, the tendency in England is they just get rid of managers and there's enough coaches and managers available and around that they just kind of pop them up. Like you look at the Premier League now, like it's it's ridiculous that 11 managers have been sacked. Um, and I think a lot of these clubs now just don't care and they just chop and change and they have willing younger coaches available that they'll just put in the job for 
for a period of time. Um, but it's it's like those lads then in Ireland are doing are doing well with their respective clubs. Um, some obviously would be doing better than others. But it's like, do you want to make that leap of faith across to England to try and push yourself to go on a level or two, right? But then you have all different factors of do you move the family across? Then what happens if it doesn't work out? You're taking your kids, depending on how old they are, out of, out of their school into a new school. You're going to, you know, it's only England, like, but it's a different country. It's a different surrounding. You, you're trying to get your family settled. A lot of them will be settled in Ireland and they mightn't fancy that next leap of faith. Um, but then... I, I would also say probably in Ireland, there's probably a bit more patience with managers as opposed to England. Um, well, actually, on that, David, like this is the thing, and like in fairness to the League of Ireland clubs, they have they have a degree of kind of um, pragmatism about this. Like, what what is the logic of constantly sacking managers? Like, and what is the logic then of a of a young manager, say David Myler's first job? Like, and Shane will look at the optics, or Shane will look at the XG, and he look at all the data, and he say David Myler's done a pretty decent job there room for improvement but there's definite promise but the results don't reflect that and then he gets sacked and then he sees uh, Frank Lampard getting back in even temporarily at Chelsea and like this is just absolutely bonkers yeah, like, nine, 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 there's a huge money and entertainment par- paradigm to that yeah. yeah and nine times out of ten Johnny all they're doing is they're appeasing the fans like, yeah, they just want to get are... back in favour with the fans and yeah. the easiest way to get back in favour of the fans is get rid of the fella whose who's head they're calling for but going back to the point David was making was Tim Clancy under, under pressure say four or five games ago absolutely he was now they're saying Second in the table, yeah. right? They're second in the table. They've won four in the bounce and they drew away Rovers. And and but he was under pressure, like because people said he was under pressure. Sure, again, Johnny, not to be raking over all, all the coals, but how much pressure was Stephen Bradley on once mm. under once? He should, he should have been sacked by any other. See, Rovers, Rovers had at that did stage, incredibly like, well to stand yeah, by. Him Rovers had just did had Pat Finn in had Stephen Kenny. They had Trevor Colley, and they're just like, we're not going to do another manager. We're going to give him time. Look at it now. And sometimes timing is everything. That you do arrive at a club at a time where they're by hell or high water. We're going to stick by Steve this guy Cooper for, at the moment. For, Steve Cooper at Forest yeah. yeah very possible but going back to the original point I I would love to see a manager come out of the League of Ireland and do really really well across the water the last one was the last one was probably Stephen Kenny wasn't well it? it was Stephen and, and not Stephen yeah Pat, Pat, Pat Finlan went across I think O'Neill did well enough at Stoke like for a while like in he, fairness and he did yeah. well in Northern Ireland like. yeah he did he did and I suppose I'm probably looking at him differently because he's you know yeah he, he wouldn't have been from the the Republic, I suppose, in that in that sense. But like I remember when 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 Stephen was over there, you're looking and even when Pat Finland was over there, you're looking and you're going, you know, if they do a decent job here in the Scottish Premier because they're Irish, it does kind of maybe automatically start getting you linked to the Celtic job. If a Celtic job start coming up and you were flying high with a, a, a team in yeah. the Scottish Premier, it's not a... Do you know what? I, w- I would argue that Stephen and Pat were maybe, maybe only one step off being Celtic manager. Do you know what I mean? Do a really good job at the clubs they're at and that gig could possibly come up. Oh, this is unbelievable from Evan Ferguson. Like, And it results in yet another save. Like Shane talking through this. I hope he's not... Um, <laughs> He's gone down actually. We were. We I were, love it. I love it, Johnny. We were. We were kind of making a joke about this on the radio that you were on Evan Ferguson watch, but it's just taking a life of its own. And no, it's, look, it's, watch this play. Okay, I mean, Shane, Shane, I'm not. I'm not. Well, watch this play, right? Oh. Dummy, faint dummy, quick one, two, right into the box. Got a score, obviously. Doesn't do much wrong. Oh, he doesn't do anything yeah. wrong. That so how is he not? Save. How are Chelsea one oh, up here? Honestly. That is top class again from him. For in fairness to Johnny, he's not getting excited over nothing. That is top class, but he's hurt. Oh, the dinkle. Yeah, I think he goes down on his arm here. Um, 
Oh, sorry, David. But just have great to say, great to say. save from Kepa. Evan Ferguson had her there. Chelsea won. Yeah, Brighton nil. He's not the type to go down. Well, no, yeah. his hand has gone straight up, lads. Yeah, yeah. He's been I'm just, I'm just jealous that you get the three o'clock football. Oh, it's uh, what a job! What a job, JD. Well, I mean, you're, you you're, we're, we're, you're living vicariously, or we're living vicariously. I can't remember what the. <laughs> oh, lads, the we, were, we, we have a problem here. Uh, yeah. Connor Brennan on Twitter. Kieran McKenna from Fermanagh looking good to get the free scoring Ipswich Town promoted to the championship yeah. this year. Come on, the tractor yeah. boys. That's right. He's someone that slips under the radar. Yeah. It was a Here man United, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. But I, sure, I, I, I think I've said before, I would have just through. Uh, it's actually a penalty, pretty much. He more or less kicks him in the chest. <laughs> ah, Johnny, will you cop yourself? <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it Shane? Like, I uh, on VAR, like he literally kicks him in the chest. I don't know. I, I Tottenham had... won Bournemouth nil. Uh, just let you know, bringing you up to speed on the uh, three o'clock games. Son has scored for Spurs. Uh, Fulham that goal stood. Harrison Reed one nil up away to Everton. And Evan Ferguson getting treatment at the moment. Chelsea mm. won Brighton nil. Six yard box. I don't think there's too many clubs, uh, David, that look across this way really when it comes to managerial searches. Though, like the Stephen Bradley Lincoln one is is a bit of a rarity, really. So it is. I there's so I, many managers over there. I would have known the 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 CEO. He's actually still CEO at Shrewsbury Town. But I remember the last time they got rid of their manager. It's a good few. Well, probably not the last time now. Actually, they've probably got rid of one or two since. But they got rid of a manager at one stage. I just sent him a a, a, a message. Stephen was Dundalk manager at the time, doing unbelievably in Europe. And I sent him a, a message saying, listen, you could do a hell of a lot worse than, than looking at Stephen Kenny over here. And it was like, oh, it wasn't really entertained as a thought, you know. And less than a year later, Stephen Kenny's the Irish international manager, you know. But they don't, I don't know, do they look yeah, across here well, for managerial such talent? A global base, pile. Such a global-based league now. Diego Costa scored for Wolves 1-0 against Brentford. We're going to take a break uh, with uh, Johnny Ward and Shane Keegan in studio and the great David Myler on the line for Football Saturday. If you want to text us 53106, you can also tweet us. Is he football. walking away, JD? He's up. Uh, we're walking to that break now. <laughs> Is he walking away? Let's take a break. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. This is Off The Ball Saturday here until 5. John Duggan with you as always. Shane Keegan, the Cove Ramblers manager, is in studio with Johnny Ward, the broadcasting journalist on the line, the former Republic of Ireland international midfielder, David Myler. Remember, football and Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Just to bring you up to date on what's happening elsewhere in the world of sport, uh, United Rugby Championship, the Emirates Lions 19, Leinster 14 after 35 minutes at the Emirates Airlines Park. In the TikTok Women's Six Nations, remember Ireland, Italy kicks off at 4.45 in Parma. England lead Wales 38-3 in Cardiff into the second half. In the Women's Premier Division, sponsored by SSE Artricity, Shelburne won Treaty United nil. Coming up to the end there, Noel Murray with the goal for Shells. DLR Waves play Sligo at four at the UCD Bowl. The Division 2 final in the Women's uh, Football League. In Gaelic Football, the little-sponsored Ladies League, Armagh 4-3. Leash 1-5 at half time. Iscaria 10 has been ruled out of the Grand National. Only 39 runners now for 5-15 uh, start for the Grand National. Johnny, have you picked one for us or two? Yeah, so max? whatever. So I'll give you 39. Um, the 39 I don't tip. Um, I like Ain't That a Shame. It's been very well back, JD. I don't know. Like, where did this gamble come from yesterday? Like, uh, well, there's a Rachel about... Flack, Blackmore factor. Yeah, know? but Rachel's just another jockey, really, in the overall scheme of things. Yeah, but it's, race, it's, it's like... the one race a year, and like she's yeah, but, won it before. But like, if it's, say if it's the gamble on Rachel, 
Like that, you think that's more like, and I, I mean this in a nice possible way, the housewives money, the once a year punter who gets a tip like Shane Keegan when he backed Red Marauder, was that's it? it? That's it. All those it. years ago. Like you can't have a, a 20s into 8 to 1 gamble without being proper money. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried about the horse's stamina. Both he and Corey Grambler are by Jeremy, who would not be a, an emphasis on staying four and a half miles, yeah. four miles too. But um, yeah, we'll see. I'm only disappointed you can't do the commentary. It'll be um, just past our... I did it last year with Will O'Callaghan because we had some kind of issue with the commentary feed from, I think, one of the rugby games we were doing. So we had to just do the Grand National commentary live. So uh, That is tough. I got, I got the winner, yes. So that was, um, I still have a job. Uh, so ain't that a shame? Is that your pick? That's my that's my pick. Shane? Yeah, I I fly in and fly out for for uh, for Cheltenham and for the Grand National, and I know so little about it that I just go to Tom Seagal all the time as my point of reference. So he says the big dog, so I say the big dog, JD. Simple as that. And it's trained. Is Master Evan a leash? No, it is. it's it's in not. Kildare, it's sorry, not. It's Kildare. Kildare. It's fairly close to leash. Peter, Peter Fahey. Oh, there's a goal. Brighton, by the way. Wellbeck, Manish who would come on yeah. for Ferguson. Danny Wellbeck, Chelsea won. Brighton won. Seven Ferguson gone off injured. Overrated. And uh, Danny Welbeck has equalised. <laughs> yeah, just and just on the injury, Jedi, he did get up, um, Evan Ferguson, and he did limp around to the sideline. He didn't have to get a stretch or anything, but I would still be concerned because when you watch back the replays of it, he has barely hit the ground and his hand, he's gesturing with his hand towards the bench. Um, so it's definitely a, a concern, but... Fair play to Danny Welbeck in fairness to him he's come in here in his place and uh, scored exactly the kind of goal that we think Evan Ferguson probably would have scored could have scored had he been on the pitch Really good good header there uh, from Danny Welbeck so floated across into the box The inverted wingers as well JD um, left right right left it means like Watching Neil Ferrugia last night we'll talk about Shane when you're when you're, I was just thinking of this. When you are playing as an it inverted could be actually winger, known goal there uh, for Chelsea. Nevertheless, it's Chelsea it won, goal? Brighton won. Everton have equalised in the Premier League against Fulham. Uh, so it's a really, really important goal uh, down the bottom uh, for Dwight McNeil, who's uh, scored good for, player actually uh, for Everton. And uh, Spurs won Bournemouth, as I said, nil. Son with the goal, and Diego Costa Wolves won Brentford nil. I was, I was talking to Dan about this during the week. Um, mm. If if Neil Farouge came into the Ireland squad, where would he be? assigned right and I was presuming because like for me the left wing back position was kind of slightly up in the air um, and Dan was almost suggesting that well actually he might end up playing right wing back but just looking at him last night the, as a full back you know obviously this player is left footed but as long as he's not a one trick pony once he comes vaguely inside he's massive shooting opportunities that you just don't have on the other side and that was that cross there as well the the Brighton cross like turning on your left in swing like in swing and cross that like and it's very hard to defend against see when you pl- when you play with wing backs when you play with wing backs there's either way of calling that formation you can call it 3-5-2 or you can call it 5-3-2 and what dictates which of those formations is is how much you dominate the b- possession mm-hmm. so if you dominate possession you become 3-5-2 if you don't you'll, you'll be 5-3-2 and because Rovers will always dominate possession essentially you're looking for your wing you're looking at your wing backs and their primary quality has to be what can they do for you in the final third Not you're not overly concerned about what they can do in their own third because you're going to dominate the ball so much and that's why they've got away with Andy Lyons previously well, because Andy Lyons we, we, you've said inverted wingers yeah. they're essentially inverted wingers yeah. because they're playing so high they're as high up the field as they normally would Andy Lyons was at Bowes JD he looked an out and out right back and he didn't actually foray forward that much because as Shane says it wasn't really a team that was dominant of the ball and then all of a sudden he plays left wing back scores a load of goals and gets moved to Blackwood for whom he's doing really really well and uh, the inverted it's just funny how you, you look at football and you don't see these things but the inverted wing backs for me is it's a fascinating development in the modern game David Myler do you have any views on this? Um, like going back to what Johnny said inverted wingers is one thing but inverted 
wing backs is a total different. Just I know the point you're making, but wing backs inevitably create the width. As Shane said, whether you're playing the back three or the back five, they create the width. So if you have a player who's consistently receiving the ball, trying to come inside, you're not exploiting that space. And then you're asking, say, a midfielder, whether it be a 10 or a nine, to run into those areas. So it can be the team would have to be set up and shaped a particular type of way where the width is still coming, is being provided by another player going into those spaces. If that player is going to receive the ball and drive inside all the time. Yeah, and that, like that's exa- that's exactly what they were doing so well, David, is that when, when and, and I'm thinking more so of Andy Lyons' time than Frugia's, I probably haven't seen enough of them this year to comment on Frugia, but when Andy Lyons was there, yeah, Andy Lyons would receive it wide left, he'd drive infield a la Arian Robin from the opposite, let's say, and as he's doing that, Graham Burke, does an overlapping run from his 10 yeah. position because they played with the two 10s down the outside of him and now the fullback is going well what do I do here do I go inside with yeah, lines or do I or twist. and yeah, also yeah, yeah. If, if the ball is breaking as well so the, the, the inverted wing back will invariably follow play on the other side and if the ball then breaks he's running onto it on his favoured foot and the thing about Ferrugia is David he's really left footed like he's so left footed he rarely uses his right foot yet he's playing right wing back and it's working and he's been a phenomenal performer this but that's, season that's, but that's also something probably Stephen has identified right Right, that the team the team are going to dominate possession. And as Shane rightly said, I played I played with Hull when we played a back five. It was a back five because we got pinned in the majority mm-hmm. of the time in the Premier League. Right. And if you're going to be open and expansive and you're going to allow those wing backs to bomb on forward, then you can potentially like it almost becomes like a you get them so high they are their class as wingbacks we almost become wingers as Shane said mm. so you can't afford to kind of do that because the centre halves will split and they'll cover the width of the pitch and then you'll get one midfielder who will sit there so it becomes like a 3-1-4-2 like that you know what I mean because you can afford to put those players on but if you if you think about it like if you were then playing a tough opposition and your your wingbacks are, are pushed right back and you become a flat back five you don't want like inverted wingbacks yeah. Because they'll just take you on the outside the whole time, and you mm. know that you're going onto their weak foot. So there is a, a lot of it oh, comes there, down there to is, the structure. There is a downside to it, David. Like there's I can't. Is he left or right? If he goes, if he plays, if he comes in the Ireland picture, come, is he left I, or right? I think at a higher level you end up playing. Like you end up on your natural foot. Like at the also, moment, Andy Lyons is more like because Andy Lyons is back playing on the right yeah, foot. Yeah, um, and you do get found out who who. Um, Johnny, you're better at remembering opposition teams. Remember, Shamrock Rovers played a game in Europe last year, and somebody tried to pass the ball out to Lyons. And the ball got intercepted, and they ran through and scored. So and Belgium team was it? Belgium could have been Malta, was it? I, and then I, I, somebody ate, they ate, they ate Andy Lyons for his position. Yeah, I actually can't remember. Yeah, um, and that's it. It's you know the real strength is over the halfway line. It becomes a different story on the defensive side. Of what the are you playing the moment? Three or we're bouncing between the two. Yeah, just just bit. just on that, we had a, a comment here on uh, YouTube from Damien. Hi, John. Could you ask Shane Keegan why he was booked last night during the cold <laughs> game, and why one of his backroom team was sent off? It was hard to see any incident at the time. Obviously, an unknown fan. <laughs> um, yeah, I hate raking over stuff, and I haven't had a chance to see it back in video yet to see whether I'm right. So you're going to do an Arsene Wenger? I didn't see the incident I was involved in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. JD, yeah. JD. Most people don't see the incident when they're on the telly or getting interviewed. After that. I, didn't see that one. I haven't, I haven't, because I can tell you, right? Obviously, say with with Cove, etc. It's different. But when you go Premier League Championship, right? You have an analyst live coding the game. Right, and you usually have someone on the bench who's access to technology that they can send clips down, right? And like when the Premier League and Championship managers go, ah, oh, I haven't seen that one back. You've seen yeah. it back. 
Yeah, we had in you Europa League. It? We had in Europa League games with with Dundalk that you had instant. You had a, a, an iPad built into your share in the Aviva, and you you had the game was being shown on the iPad as well, and you could just grab the cursor and drag it back, and therefore you could just literally see from you know thirty seconds previous the last thirty seconds you could watch it back. It was a dream. Hope um, don't have those facilities. We don't. We didn't quite have that last night. We didn't quite have that last night. Shane no. might not have seen it back. No, no. Uh, one of my players had the ball. Look, it wouldn't have influenced the result one way or another, but uh, I was infuriated at the time. One of my players had the ball and I felt he was fouled. And as tends to happen when free is not given, 30 seconds later, the ball was in the back of the net. So, uh, Just a matter of interest, though. Go on. Because, um, as the question said, was one of your assistants sent off? Yeah, he was. I thought... I'm not... I'm not I, but I thought no, the rules had changed that it gets pushed on to the manager. I, I, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I thought the very, very same. Uh, okay. Yeah, different parts of the staff, though, is it? I think. Is it like more? No, no, a, no. Okay. Like the manager's responsible for his staff. Yeah. So I, like that there, if that's because if you remember for a long time, it used to be the manager said nothing and his assistant would be barking at the fourth yeah. official, the referee, kind of like, oh well, if he gets sent off, look, it's not the end of the world. We keep the manager. But now they've kind of shaped it so. So Manager wonder was that the case of Stellini and the Zerbi last week? Collective they both responsibility. Got the, they both got the bullet in terms of getting a red card. Exactly, I was just going to say that. Yeah, sure, Stellini stood still during that second round, yet he was the one sent to the stand. No, I, 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 I'm with you, David, 100%. I fully expected when when uh, when my assistant was given the red card, I expected the fourth official to turn around and tell me that I had to go up into the stand, but I didn't, so I'm not, I'm not 100% sure what the crack is there, to be honest. Half-times, Chelsea won Brighton 1, Evan Ferguson's gone off, looks like an ankle injury. Everton won, Fulham won, Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil, and Wolves won, Brentford nil. The Spurs-Bournemouth game was delayed by 15 minutes. It's Tottenham won, Bournemouth nil, Sun with the goal. In the Championship, it ended. Sheffield United 4, Cardiff 1. Blackpool won, Wigan nil as the latest. Half-time scores, Millwall won, Preston nil. Big game around the uh, playoff spots. QPR nil, Coventry won. It's Ready nil, Burnley nil. Rotherham nil, Luton won. Luton flying high. Stoke won, West Brom nil is the latest score. Half-time, Sunderland won, Birmingham City won. Swansea nil, Huddersfield nil, Watford won, Bristol City nil. In Scotland, Hibernian won Hearts nil a result in the Edinburgh Derby. Livingston, St Johnston 2 nil to Livingston. Motherwell lead, Dundee United 1 nil. Rangers won, St Mirren won is the latest score. We also have rugby championship scores, half-time, Emirates Lions 24, Leinster 14. Down in South Africa, in the Women's Six Nations, England lead Wales 50 points to 3 in Cardiff. We know who's going to win that tournament. In the Women's Premier Division, uh, Shelburne won 3 to United nil. And uh, in the Littles uh, Ladies National Football League Division 2 final, Armagh 4-3, Leash 1-5. Did you just Little. say Littles there? Did they sponsor the competition? Little. Little. Is that like a Dublin thing, Littles? It's Little, isn't it? L-I-D-L? Yeah. yeah. Wait, what did he say? He said, like, got an S on the yeah, end of it. It's a, real, it's a real Dublin thing. Well, I think I'm maybe... Oh, it's the little. little yeah, do, okay, I'll, I'll listen. Um, <laughs> You're in a strange humour today, I'll tell you that. I, I, do, I do want to give a plug for something that's going on tomorrow when you, whenever there's a... Is it, is well, now a good yeah, yeah you've, got a, you've got a good window here. Go you, on. You, you like this, Shady. Oh, it is the um, the second running of the KitCon era jersey kind of like... Um, what would you call it? Uh, exhibition. Exhibition. Yeah. And it's on in the Carrick Hotel 10 to 6 beside Dublin Airport tomorrow. If you're into your football jerseys, this is like literally... Um, matter from heaven you would right. love it and uh, yeah like uh, I, I've often I, I'd have a I saw recently the 
Carlsberg green Liverpool jersey with the three white uh, stripes and it was the first Liverpool jersey I got and I felt so nostalgic for it and that's the sort of thing I'd love to if I could get that tomorrow I'd love to get it um, I might send you along because I'm busy tomorrow but um, yeah you could <laughs> you like your jersey you can take a hug son what jersey would you get if you were to oh there's only one jersey the Dutch 1988 um, European Championship one because that was discontinued immediately after yeah. the tournament and it's impossible to get it's like a 10 grand jersey Seriously? Wow, yeah. that probably won't I get, be there. JD, I've got a replica of it. I know it's not the original. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, hey, uh, yeah, it's not the original. You know the one I'm talking about, don't you? It's a fantastic yes, yes, jersey. Of course, of course. I've you, got Hull at 10 on the back. Oh, awesome. You have a selection, uh, David. You, you actually collect What's your most prized one, David? We'll probably have to take a break, but like, what's your most prized jersey? <sighs> Mastermind. Um, well, I, um, I've, got a, I've got a couple of Steven Gerrard shirts. Um, I was a pest when we played Liverpool. Um, all the time, every time he was like, "Does he seriously want another shirt?" And I was like, "Yeah." Um, I've That's got four. <laughs> I've got four Jared. Um, and a friend of mine played against Messi and got me Messi shirt. Um, so what I happens? Are they, are they put to the laundry, or are they just left there? Are they put into a frame immediately, or what? What, what happens? A couple of different variables, JD. <laughs> I have to weigh up. I have to weigh up the shirt. Um, to, it's one of those. Can I get the player? So I'll go. Can I get the player to sign it straight after? Um, if he signs it, then obviously it doesn't get washed. It gets thrown straight into a frame. Um, if I can't, I'll get a, I'll bring it home and I'll wash it because like, some of the jerseys absolutely stink. Um, what a then I'll I'll try and acquire a signature at a later date. Um, so like basically, I got Frank Lampard's shirt. When was it? Um, would have been 2010 when I played with Sunderland against Chelsea. And then when I signed at Reading, the kit man at Reading had been man at Chelsea for about 20 years and he knew Lampard really well and one day he said to me could you get hold of a couple of tickets for a particular Premier League game and I said only if you get me Lampard to sign the shirt and he said no problem so I got him the tickets and then he went into the, this was when Frank was manager the first time and he went to see him um, and he whipped out a shirt and he got him to David best wishes Frank Lampard um, so it's just it, this, it, it depends because I've got Zlatan um, I've got Zlatan's United one when we played in the League Cup and it was quite funny um, after the game, we were walking out in the changing rooms. You kind of go in this one way and then they split either side. And when I was walking out from after the game to go meet my family, Zlatan was walking towards me and um, I basically had the shirt in my wash bag. Um, I always kept a marker and um, I basically just said, Zlatan, would you mind signing the shirt? And he said, no problem, big man. Signed the shirt. And then he whipped out my shirt and said, will you sign it? And I said, no problem, pal. And I signed it. Um, so Zlatan's <laughs> living room, wherever it is, Sweden or somewhere, there's a well, David Myler shirt. I don't know where it is, JT. <laughs> he, does, he does have a signed David Myler shirt. I, yeah, but it's interesting because even I played under Trap Tony, we played against Spain, and um, I got Fabregas' shirt. Um, and after the game, Seth was like, um, when I was going to swap, he said, can I have your shirt? And I went, really? And he went, yeah. <laughs> and um, he, what you call it? And he says, or do you want to keep it? Um, and I said, no, I've got two, pal. You can have one. And he took it and he said, I collect one from every country I play against. Class. Everyone um, who meets Fabregas says he's an absolute champ. Like, an absolute champ. Even at, like, where is he in Italy now? They're like, yeah. All I can think of, by the way, is Roy Keane just saying to Dave, all you're interested in is getting his shirt. Like, you're not even trying to play the game here. Like, you just followed him to get his shirt. Roy wasn't there then. This is under Trapatone. I don't think, I think, I think if Roy heard this, Roy, Roy would probably ring me and tell me off. We'll, we'll now know in the next few days if Roy Keane listens to uh, Off the Wall Saturday. <laughs> football Saturday here on News Talk. David I, don't, I don't want that call, JD. Yeah, not the night of the week. Uh, David Myler, Shane Keegan, and Johnny Ward um, with us between now and five. If you want to get in touch with the text, you can on 53106. You can also tweet us out Off the Wall. 
Hope to have your company on the radio across News Talk this afternoon and uh, we're on air after the news. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports and you're welcome back to Off The Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football and Off The Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. You can text us 53106, tweet us at Off The Ball. Listen across the country on News Talk on your radio. But also, if you'd like to watch us, you can on the digital and social channels for Off The Ball on Twitter, YouTube and Facebook. We also podcast the show, folks, every week on the Off The Ball section of the Go Loud Network. So it's also available after the programme if you ever need to get your pods. If you ever like, miss the live broadcast here on News Talk, we want you to do obviously like listen in live. But if you ever do miss it, we'd love you to listen back on the podcast because it's not that time redundant given the conversation is just quite general as well. We're joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland International, David Myler, and in studio by the co-ramblers, Bob Shane Keegan, and the broadcaster and journalist, Johnny Ward. Bournemouth have equalised against Spurs. That game, a late kickoff, 15-minute delay. It's coming up to half time. Matthias Vigna, uh, who came into the team for the Cherries today as equalised Suns opener. One all there. Wolves won Brentford nil. Diego Costa at Molyneux. Southampton nil, Crystal Palace nil. It's Everton won, Fulham won. Harrison Reid put Fulham in front. Equaliser from Dwight McNeil. Chelsea won, Brighton won in the uh, big game on TV with Chelsea equalising through, well, they actually they scored the opener, didn't they? Conor Gallagher, Brighton equalised through Donny Welbeck. That was after Evan Ferguson was uh, taken off with look, what looks like an ankle injury. We'll uh, update you if we hear anything else. Aston Villa beat Newcastle earlier on by three goals to nil. A double for Ollie Watkins there now, only six points off the Champions League spots. Man City kick off against Leicester at half five. In the Championship, Sheffield United four, Cardiff won a result. Later scores, Blackpool won Wigan nil. Millwall 1, Preston 0, QPR 0, Coventry 1, it's Reading 0, Burnley 0, Rotherham 0, Luton 1, Stoke 1, West Brom 0, Sunderland 1, Birmingham City 1, Swansea 0, Huddersfield Town 0 and Watford 1, Bristol City 0, Blackburn Rovers and Hull kick off at 7.45. Just to let you know in Gaelic Games, Armagh 4-4, Leash 1-7 in the Lidl. Ladies Division 2 final in Gaelic football at can, Park. can Blackpool pull off the great escape they're 1-0 up um, which they've four games left they're at home to West Brom away to Birmingham home to Millwall away to Norwich um, and obviously Mick Departon and um, we've been following um, your close fan friend of the Lions family and Andy's progress and um, if they were to beat Wigan today obviously Wigan are bottom um, give them half a chance it would be an incredible um, turnaround um but I imagine, I guess, is that it for Mick McCarthy now? Yeah. But I, I think we were, we were speaking earlier about managers. I do think there's almost like a list of managers. Like Sean Dyche was out of work. Go, like, to, him, like go yeah. to Everton. Like Dean Smith's out of work, going to Leicester. And Mick uh, seems to be on good terms with clubs. And uh, there might be a club there. I don't know whether it be in the Championship or League One that, like, I think obviously there's a degree of uh, addiction and obsession um, that, that's in the managerial game. And that Mick, if he gets an opportunity, he might just want to go back in the paddock. Well, here's here's one, right? So, did anyone see Ancelotti in the like? He must honestly be the coolest dude, like literally ever. Like, so he's wearing this amazingly well dressed Italian, as as you would be. <laughs> Hasn't really aged. Second half, the ball just spins into the technical area. He controls it, does like a couple of kind of little flicks, and then daintily puts it back into uh, the Real Madrid player. And I'm like, you're the coolest dude ever, and also you're an outlier because. Old managers or older managers are—it's generally like it's a young man's game now. And is there a view under under young managers, Shane? Um, and I've heard this vaguely expressed that the game has passed him by. Like, can you can you will you say like will there be young managers in England that'll say the 
game has passed Mick McCarthy by. He doesn't know the nuances. He doesn't know the inverted fullbacks. He doesn't know this. He doesn't know that. Or is that all hocus pocus? Look, there'll be different different boardrooms. Roy Hodgson, hello. Yeah, that's yeah, mad. Exactly. Like five one last week. Yeah, it's mad. It's it's a bounce, but it's mad. Like, look, you'll get different boardrooms. Will have different views. Inevitably, Jenny, what happens is whatever whoever they've just sacked, everything that he represented was what was wrong. So now let's go and get somebody who's the polar opposite to him. So they probably will go for somebody young and vibrant because Mick was outdated and blah, blah, blah. And then, but what about a man, a team who sack a manager who was young and vibrant and the board are saying, oh, he was too inexperienced. You know what we need? We need an old, an old dog for the long road yeah. sort of thing. And bang, Mick McCarthy is on a list of numbers that they will consider then, yeah. you know? I think it just, what it says to me is you have to be in a good uh, terms. You have to be like well-regarded, like that you accept that this is just the craziness of the game. Yeah, yeah. Your managers, remember like those managers doing really well in the Premier League 20, 30 years ago that you don't hear about anymore. John Gregory, Brian Little, all these types of managers that you just don't hear about. How many times has Mick McCarthy been sacked, for example? You just like so imagine if you met a geezer down the pub and he goes, I've lost my job like 10 times. Like, yeah. well, right. But that's what I was going to say. The word, you know what I mean? the word like, sacked doesn't mean the same thing in football as it does it's in crazy. normal football is crazy. life. Well, Frank Lampard, look at Frank Lampard back at chess. I, I find that But I know it's an interim happen. thing, and um, but it just, it, it, there's an absurdity to yeah. it. Like I, to I said thing. to you before, I, like what, I was t- what I've been told is that the day you sit down to negotiate your contract as manager of a club, the sole thing that you need to zone in on is what happens, how much money are you giving me and over what period of time are you giving it to me on the day that you sack me? Because nine times out of ten, this is how the relationship ends. You end up sacking me. That That's how it nine works times in football out of management. 10. Well, I'm just pulling that out of my arts, but do you know what I mean? The vast, vast say majority. Ten, ten times out of ten. Yeah. Well, <laughs> near enough. You get, yeah. the odd, you get the odd one, like say, so Graham Potter left Brighton without being sacked. Do you know what I mean? You do yeah. get the odd exception. Uh, Car- Carlo, An- Carlo Ancelotti was ruthlessly that's, sacked as manager of Chelsea. Absolutely. Car- Carlo Ancelotti, I've said it before I've, I've said it before Carlo Angelotti's book is the best sports book that I've ever read without a doubt has and it made I, you a better manager I, I well it's, it's, I won't say it's made, you, made, you, manager, it's, made, it's, made you better wear of suits <laughs> <laughs> evidently not your, your clobbers are disgraceful I like casual wear I used to be manager of a suit shop Johnny once upon a time believe that I think you haven't done actually like you were a journalist <laughs> um, you had your coaching school you had your bit of music doing in the family them, doing them is, it doesn't mean you're doing them well <laughs> yeah. wow David, you just, I think, need to accept that rejection's part of football, isn't it, really? 100%. But, like, that's the what you call it. I remember when I started my journey a few years ago through my coaching badges, my dad said to me, what do you want to be? And I said, one day I'd love to be a manager. Um, and we spoke about it, JD, the last time I was on. Yeah. And he said, right, one thing you just have to wrap your hand around, you're going to be sacked. From whatever job you get, you're going to be sacked. Yeah. Right? That's that's inevitably part of... Shane, Shane will tell you... Once you go into that environment, eventually you're going to be sacked. And I think, like even the example Shane used, the mutual agreement is only just a haggle over money. How much is like it'll be what you call it? So there was all these figures thrown about Graham Potter. I don't know the exact figures, but like they were saying, sixty million if you get sacked, they'll probably come to agreement going right. We'll give you thirty-five million. You take that and we'll pay a down payment now of ten million, and then you'll get money spread over time or something like that. And that's where they'll have mutually agreed. Otherwise, mm-hmm. Chelsea would have probably drawn out over the duration of Great his contract. Pension, yeah, and there would have been all little things. But going back to the initial one, right, that Johnny kind of brought up about Mick McCarthy and that, it's not that these guys are too old or they're not down with the cool kids. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot of it comes, it's almost, are you a manager? Are you managing the players or are you a head coach? Mm-hmm. And 
if you're the likes of Ancelotti, like from what I've been told from people who've worked with Ancelotti, he doesn't do a lot on the training pitch, mm. but he's a fantastic man manager. Yeah. And he knows. And I got asked a question recently about Roy Hodgson. How does Roy Hodgson go in for the same squad as Vieira and win two games on the bones? I said, because he has the respect of all the players, right? Wilfred Zaha loves him, who's seen as the marquee. He's the big star. First day he goes in, I imagine he calls, Wilf, come into my office. What's the problem? Oh, well, there's this, there's that, right? I'll sort that, no problem. You get yourself on the pitch. You tell the boys, let's go. And they just make a feel-good factor around the place. And that's, that's being able to identify with those players and being able to manage those players. It, I always find it, it's the kind of big question. Do the players play for themselves, the manager, or do they play for the shirt? Now, if the players play for the manager, they'll go that extra bit. When they play for the club, they'll give it their all, but deep down, they're probably questioning the manager and there can be that little breakdown. And if they're playing for themselves, well, you're, that's not good for anyone. But there's that, like, if a manager can identify those players and get those players all on board, you look at Aston Villa, like, how has he been able to turn around? Because all those players are playing for Unai Emery. They enjoy going to training. They enjoy the sessions that are being put on. Like, it obviously became stale with Steven Gerrard at some point, but then now he's come in and he's, He's evolved them and he's, you know, the players are excited and there's there's a great leap. Like you can imagine if he's there for the next three or four years, they'll finish Europa League. They'll probably go on and win the Europa League because he's such an incredible record in it. And he was a but failure in Arsenal. Would you say he was a failure? But that that will go that has he, you look at his probably his time at Sevilla, he probably never had those huge, huge stars. Mm. Then goes like, obviously goes to Arsenal and you've got to deal with Mavericks. And, and also the uh, end thing. of the Wenger era as well. Yeah. Is coming out. Of course, yeah. and there's the hangover. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at someone like Ancelotti, you don't become manager of Chelsea, Bayern, PSG, Real Madrid, AC Milan, and you work with the caliber of players he's worked with. You never hear anyone say a bad word about him, do you? Yeah. I know. Don't. That's... The, the, there That's is, the fascinating thing. Like, uh, well, it, they're talking about Brazil now with Ancelotti. Now. Mm, like, yeah. like he could be the first. I don't think that Brazil have ever had a foreign manager. No, they've not. No, um, and not even Portuguese. No, 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 I don't think so. All Brazilians. Wow, yeah. uh, which they yeah. need. Obviously, but just it's 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 again just to, to emphasize how mad of an industry it is, Jetty. So I remember. So I I did five years at Wexford, and for the first four of those five years, I was part time. So I had a day job, right? And on winning the league in the fourth year. Mick, uh, just be as we we the league wrapped up with a couple of games left. Mick, um, Mick Wallace gave me an offer to go full time. So, like in my head, to a certain extent, this was me achieving a life's ambition. I'm about to become a full time manager. This is what I've worked towards. Our next game was against uh, Dundalk uh, in a cup game, actually, and I went. We went for something to eat upstairs, as Mick does down at Wexford. There was something to eat upstairs. I was sitting down with Stephen Stephen Kenny. And I said to Stephen, uh, I've actually just accepted an offer from Mick during the week to go full-time as of next year. And Stephen's reaction is, what are you doing that for? Honestly, he said, what are you doing that for? And I said, oh, no, I'd love to give it a go. And he says, oh, it's, 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 it'll change everything for you. It's, 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 it's a different world when, you, when it's, it's your, your, your food and drink. Um, and I, I, I tell you, it, it is... He was 100% right. He was 100% right. I don't, I genuinely don't know would I ever want to go full-time in management again because it's just, when when you know that your ability to bring home a paycheck at the end of the week, for the following week, is dependent on your result that Friday night, it's a whole different world. And the other thing as well is when you go full-time, like as a manager, 
your working week is never done. There is always more that can be done. There's another game that can be watched. There's another player that can be watched. And when you're full-time, I felt, I don't know if I can talk for every manager, but I felt I had to justify my existence as a full-time manager by spending 16, 17 hours a day doing everything I could to help try and take the club forward. I'm I'm a full-time manager. I need to spend every minute figuring out how can I make us better? How can we do better? Whereas when you're part-time, you have that bit more detachment. You have, firstly, you have a day job, which regardless of how Friday night goes, you're still going to have that wage. Um, And secondly, you don't feel like it has to consume every moment of your life. It's also going to have an impact on your... um relationships outside of, of that massively so massively massively so um and that's yeah that's kind of what i'm getting at as well it it it's it definitely it's a far healthier um i find my current setup where i have a, a monday to friday nine to five a far healthier um existence definitely there's more just more balance naturally enough there's more balance it's, there it's and even just sorry yeah, if sorry, i just jump in yeah. just would from your experience at wexford shane yep like obviously You've learned an awful lot from it, right? But going forward, would you not make the same mistakes? Or mistakes is probably the wrong word to use, but like you learn from that experience if an opportunity came. You would definitely, you would learn. Listen, you would learn massively, and it'd be the it'd be the one thing that I would regard myself as being pretty good at is. You know, when things go wrong, I, I would be on the floor. I wouldn't say I'd do this instantly after something goes wrong, but say after I would have got the bullet at, at, at Galway, right? You're you're on the floor for a couple of weeks, David, but I would then have said, right, time for self-pity is over now. Now it's time to get the journal out and literally write down your lessons learned um, mm. and write down all the stuff that you've you've figured out and, and why has it come to this situation and, and all of those things. And I mean, then when you go into a new job, the first thing you do is go back to that book. OK, what were those lessons learned? Because they won't stay fresh in the memory and you do need to have them written down. You do need to refer back to them. Um, and that would definitely help. Do I think that I'm capable of not allowing, if I went full-time manager again, do I think I'm capable of not allowing it to become all-consuming again? I don't know if I'd be able to back myself to do that now, to be honest. That's the phrase. Very honest, Shane. That's the phrase, isn't it? Like, like, I know I've used them before, but my dad is like leaving it at the front door. It's the hardest thing and it's something I've struggled with and I still struggle with now, even though like I coach with, you know, with Hull under 15s and the Ireland 17s, it's like you become engrossed in it because, yeah. and and it's it's it can be there's detrimental sen- to you. Yeah. And there's a sense of detachment now where you know everybody at the club knows, right? Shane's got a day job. You know, we we try not as best as we but, can not like, be bothering him constantly. Whereas at Galway, a phone, honest, there was days, there was days at the at the end of the day where I was going into my call log and I was able to look down and I would have either made or received upwards of a hundred phone calls within that day. That's I absolutely mean, bonkers. Like, so that's, and you're waking hours that's like eight an hour. like Because you've got the play, the support staff, you know, the way these, and, and I'm sure, and like David, you mentioned your dad, it, like when it's, your, when it's on your own doorstep, it becomes even worse again. And that's what I'm sure what your dad would have found, at least with the League of Ireland clubs I'm managing. You know, and that was probably the other thing that I didn't enjoy with Galway was I was living in Galway. 
So when you get up the next day, if you're beaten on Friday night, you get up the next day, you go down to Super Value to buy a couple of things in Super Value. The people at the counter in Super Value want to talk to you about and tell you what you'd done wrong the night before. Um, whereas at least with, you know, with Cove, with Wexford and that, I was living in Leash, you come back to Leash. But in the GEA, David, like in the world that your dad is operating in, I, I, did, I managed our senior hurling team the year before last. And again, it was that same scenario of, I ended up, I think I've said this before, I ended up going, like driving 15 minutes from home to do the shopping because I didn't want to go into the shops and and meet everybody who wanted to know, you know, how how we fix for Friday night and all that when it's when it's local. Um, and that's definitely you know going to be the case for it would have been the case for your dad the vast majority of the time I would have thought David. You know, mm. everybody everybody wants to a moment of your time to talk about about <laughs> about it all the time. It is, and that was yeah. And there was things things I had to teach him from my experience of like obviously playing professional football. But I remember one time when he's manager of Wexford, they played Kilkenny. Um, I think it was the Leinster final or semi-final. And they got absolutely demolished. Mm. And I'd come home from a weekend, play the game, and I'd come home, um, land into, you know, Cork Airport, nine o'clock. One of the boys collects me right down to, down home, drop the bags off. He's sitting there re-watching the game from, it might have been a three o'clock throw-in. I've gone on a night out, come home in the stupid hours of the morning, and he's still watching the game. And I'm thinking, you've got to learn to like let go and like. Lucky enough, my mum is. But it's my mum's been on a long journey with him and understands what he's like. Yeah, but it's but, it's it's impossible, David. It's like I say no. that I say that I'm better at it now, right? In saying that I'm better at it now, we played last night. I'm sitting here at three o'clock, right? Which meant that I left home just after one o'clock. I have watched. I have watched back us against that loan last night, and I have watched Treaty against Finn Harps from last night because we have them next week. So like there's what's yeah, you off. know that's that's five hours of watching football done before I've landed into the studio here. Do you know like it's mm. it is yeah. it's a, it's a, it's impossible not to. Yeah, but it's 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 something you like. That's the it's almost the unseen work, and you want to be as best prepared. Like mm. I've like I I, I, I often joke about it now, but like once I start my coaching badges, they never they never spoke to you about all the analysis work that you need to do. It's kind of like mentioned once or twice. Then, like, when I went in with the Ireland 17s, like, the preparation we do, like, we know everything about our opposition. There's no stone unturned. We look at all different formations, different. We go through everything. Now, I can see why certain ex-professionals go into it, and then they see the amount of work, and they jump out of it. But, like, I'm fascinated by it because you have to come up with a game plan. What's their game plan going to be? But it's, it's, it's relentless work. It's also, uh, the last few minutes, a great argument for the art of delegation and having good number twos and good number threes in life and whatever mm. you're doing. And and funny, uh, when you think of sport, like since... Sport, you got to delegate in life. Yeah. Um, but, it is, very, but, but even so, even so, JD, right? Like, I agree with you, you've got to delegate, but you've got to delegate to the right people. People you can got trust. See, you've got to find people you can trust. Yeah, and that's that's the big thing. You've that's got very to be able to times, see the yeah. game. You've and got you, to be able to see the game the yeah. same way. And you can del- you can delegate, I agree with you, you can delegate some of the workload. I'm I'm blessed at the moment to have fantastic staff with me at Cove. You can delegate the workload. You can't delegate the conversations. You are the person who has to have the conversation with everybody. And that's what takes up the vast majority of my day is the conversations, the various different conversations that you have to have upwards with people at board level, downwards with staff, downwards with players, talking to other managers trying to get deals done. You're the only person who can have all of those conversations. Nobody else. You can't delegate those to anyone else. Yeah. Um, 
and it's funny when you think sports since it began was primarily almost always part time until then at age sports like people were supposed to play sport at the weekend they trained a bit during the weekend they had a normal job to actually keep their minds on the things that matter in life and when you think about it, the life of a professional sports person is mad like it's literally I went to Shamrock Rovers training session and the, the coaching staff just said do you want to come along and see his training I was like I, went, I was like if I were a player or manager, I would get so bored by this. Like, just train and like five times a week, same thing over That's and over. The other and over. argument for not being full time. That's yeah. why, the, like, GA wise, JD. Like, sometimes I hear people saying, you know, the players should be pushing for full time. Players need to be careful what they're wishing for. Yeah. I think they have the perfect existence. If you're now. teaching in particular, if you're in like um, a reasonable, like where you have reasonable hours, like when you're a civil servant job, ah. where you have a bit of flexibility. But you I was got like, fifteen years of a career already there when you mm. finish hurling, whereas a soccer player has fifteen years of of, of of nothingness other than soccer when they get to the end of it and there's only so many coaching and media gigs so how many p- people are left to it particularly now look at the higher level they've earned enough money that is grand but I'm talking about a League of Ireland player a League of Ireland player who commits 15 years of their life to full time football when they get to their mid 30s like they're starting from ground zero in they've life nothing. all over again yeah, they've nothing um, here's a stat for you as well JD from the game Stamford Bridge shots uh, today <laughs> Brighton 20 Chelsea 3 well, Chelsea haven't scored in their last four games. They did get a goal, which is a deflection, Conor Gallagher, to open the scoring. Evan Ferguson going off with an ankle problem. Um, and 70% possession to 30, by the way. But da- 20 shots to three. Danny Welbeck um, equalising for Brighton. There have been goals in the Premier League. Everton won Fulham two now, so Fulham back in front in that game. That's an interesting uh, scoreline. So Harry Wilson, who came into the team for the Cottagers today, has scored at Goodison Park. Crystal Palace have scored at Southampton. They're 1-0 up. Just sprinting to safety under Roy Hodgson. Ebrecheze with the goal. Spurs won, Bournemouth won. Uh, Son and uh, opening the scoring after the early stages of the game. There was, what, 14 minutes. And then um, Matthias Vigne equalising for Bournemouth. That game kicked off later, only early in the second half there. Wolves won Brentford nil with uh, Diego Costa scoring that one. Uh, other sports news today. Um, Davey Russell confirming he'll retire from racing again at the end of the entry races this afternoon. So he rides Galvin in the Grand National. Remember, he came out of retirement to help Gordon Eddie at the trainer after Jack Kennedy broke his leg. But the Cork native, the all-man, will retire after the Grand National. Um, you have a bet? You have a, one picked out for the National, David Myler? No, no, okay. nothing. Okay. I, have, I was asked to ask David a question. Um, ha- ask... Said, ask Myler. I was like, I don't know him that well. Uh, like, sorry, Johnny. All right, I'm used to he's, it. He's a Cork lad, right? Ask Myler yeah. if he has any of the classic Cork City jerseys, e.g. the Guinness Adidas West Germany one, which I think, I did read about this. This was incredibly popular down the years. So, yeah. Do you have any classic Cork I City? I don't. I don't have any classic. I have probably from 2005 when I started kind of featuring around. I have those shirts. All right. Um, obviously, they won the League of Ireland, but nothing back. You're talking kind of Late or early nineties, late eighty, yeah, eighties. Those, yeah, I don't have those. I've seen some replicas float around and they look beautiful, but to get your hands on a classic one, I'd have to probably get in touch with Dave Barry. Dave, if you're listening, if you've had any <laughs> shirts stored away in your thing, there, can we get one off you? A- any code as well, because Dave was uh, more than just a soccer player. Oh, oh one of the greats. Yeah, one of the Cork greats. Yeah, all Ireland. Fantastic football player. Yeah, soccer player. Everton. Yeah. Um, legend down in Cork uh, Cork City All-Ireland titles in the 89 and 90 Armagh 4-9 Leash 2-10 a result from the Little Ladies National Football <laughs> League Division 2 final 
JD, I tell you, listen back. I, I wasn't imagining this. You you, I, I, you added I, I, in a superflu- superfluous S. Yeah, but that was a mistake. That wasn't yeah. uh, my, my. Then you kind of denied it, and then yeah, yeah you right. kind of backtracked. And, yeah, yeah, we yeah well, when you call no, someone, when you call, when you call the main man out, Johnny, you're gonna get you're yeah, gonna get yeah. shot back at. Yeah, you know what I mean. The main man is David Myler. I mean, after that, no, the main man is JD. That's what we're here for. We're here for JD. Well, one of these chairs that um makes me feel like that. So thank you, David. Shelburne won Treaty United in the full time for the women's Premier Division. Noel Murray. Uh, DLR waves nil Sligo Rovers nil is later score Wales 3 England 59 in the women's Six Nations in Cardiff Italy and Ireland 445 in Parma and in the United Rugby Championship Emirates Lions 36 Leinster 21 um, 53106 Hi John will you ask David did he ever go for a pint with the likes of Frank Lampard or Stephen Jarrett after matches like they do in rugby says Gene Nolan No it's, it's there's a couple of like traditions in rugby that I'm jealous of so obviously I know a few of the lads who play for Ireland um, kind of growing up in similar areas and having the same group of friends. Like, I find it fascinating how they get together after games and have a few pints and, like, all that. There's nothing like that in football. Um, it's just kind of like, right, let's get out of here. I have come across Stevie uh, in Portugal a couple of times. I played in his golf too, and I've had a couple of drinks with him. Um, great lad. Um, Is he, yeah? But yeah, I've always got on really well with him. Um, that's probably true, say, Jordan, obviously playing with him for a long time, that... Mm. He's kind of saying, well, if he gets on with him, he must be half all right. Um, so, but um, I suppose I can't really think of any high profile player. I do remember meeting John O'Shea a long time before I really knew John. Um, John was at Manchester United and it just happened that I was out and we had mutual friends or whatever. And like he, like I don't think anyone in the world would ever say a bad word about John O'Shea. Likes the horses, JD. Uh, He's a sound fella. Um, yeah. I interviewed him once and he drove me back to um, Newcastle and all we spoke about was horses and golf, mm. which is the best way to do Yeah, I love his horses. Yeah, yeah. Tried to rope me in to buy a few a uh, few times. Didn't work. Uh, David's oh. just too too clever for that sense really yeah it's, game. it's one of the one of the worst investments ever and I've met many of them um, is investing in a horse like and I was actually making this point recently to uh, Tom Weeks um, the journalist in Limerick I was like Tom, you like the look I've had with horses, it's and he just stops me and he goes, No, no, that's exactly how it is. It's normal. You have awful luck, everything goes wrong, that's normal. I was like, Yeah, absolutely all right. Uh entry one forty five today, John Bond, the eleven to two on favourish. Won that one, two twenty five, West Balboa, nine to two favourish. Great to see Davy Russell ride a winner today on Irish Point at five to one at the three o'clock. Sarah de Burley, who won at Cheltenham, has won again, eight to one winner of the uh, Grade 1 Liverpool hurdle under Mark Walsh for Gordon Elliott who's had a double on the court and uh, the handicap chase there Midnight River 15-2 4-15 and Brighton have gone in front 2-1 they lead now this is uh, away to Chelsea so is it Enciso? Um, Absolutely incredible strike. It just opened up for him nicely. Is, yeah. kind of, everybody is roaring at him, have a go. But my God, from the minute it's left his boot, it's one of those ones that you describe as if they moved the goal back another 20 yards, it still would have easily managed to, to have gone that far. There seemed to be such power behind him. Paraguayan Julio Enciso scoring, coming off the bench. 2-1 Brighton lead at Stamford Bridge. You were right about your stats, Johnny. I got, um, yeah, but well, then I, I, I looked at the odds and like Brighton were heavy favourites this game. So I was like, I was texting the lads at 1-0, I was like, get on Brighton here Chelsea are absolutely brutal but like the odds weren't even that great anyway so I've gotten a text in <coughs> listening in off the record but he's not named the manager only takes a red for his coaching staff if the actual uh, offender is unidentifiable uh, if he is unidentifiable uh. then they get penalised themselves 
if he so if he, what happened if he is identifiable, sorry, but I I do remember John Caulfield in I think the first game of the season was sent to the dugout for Ollie did was it? I was, but I was like everyone said it was Ollie, so like then he like everyone knows it was Ollie, but maybe it wasn't Ollie because John Caulfield because at one point Ollie Horgan had more yellows than any player in the division, and um, but there we go, so that's from yeah. an unnamed um, fan of the show. David Miter, you saw the goal? Was it you? The, you the... No, it's JD. It's your boys. You right. want to do it? Right. Bournemouth uh, are winning 2 1. Ah, uh, stop. Dominic Solanke. Oh, my, oh my God. God. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Aston Villa going, do you a favour in the morning? You think it capitalise on a JD? Bournemouth well, no. scored a third against Everton. Daniel James coming into the team today has got the third one, always subject to VAR. Wolves have double their advantage against Brentford. Wolves 2 0 now. Uh, so, that's a big result. Huang Hee Chan. Scoring a mod on you. So Wolves 2, Brentford nil, Spurs 1, Bournemouth 2, Southampton nil, Crystal Palace 2, Everton 1, Fulham 3 and Chelsea 1, Brighton 2. David Myler, Johnny Ward and Shane Keegan on Football Saturday. We'll talk about Liverpool, Arsenal on the title race and Man United after this. Football on Off The Ball With Sky All the football you love in one place Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports and you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. This is Football Saturday. Remember, Football on Off the Ball brought to you by Sky. Watch every live Premier League game this season on Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. You can text us five three zero six with David Myler on the line, the former Republic of Ireland international, and in studio the co-ramblers Bosch Shane Keegan and the broadcaster and journalist Johnny Ward. Very quick apology, sorry J- JD for interrupting. John Caulfield was sent off for what he said to the ref, not something Ali Horgan did. My apologies to Ali Horgan, but I think Ali is like enough credit in the bank that he wouldn't have minded taking it anyway. Sorry about that, Ali. Uh, Joe on YouTube Mick McCarthy serves consecutive six year stints at Wolves and Ipswich when the average lifespan of a manager was 15 months Ipswich finished rock bottom after he left Wolves suffered consecutive relegations plummeting from Premier League to League 1 in less than 18 months after sacking Mick while still above the relegation zone two sackings does not tell the story of those 12 years operating on a relative stewstring just want to read that David Myler Jurgen Klopp's quotes um, about uh, Jude Bellion and Liverpool um, kind of seizing their interest in the hot property that he is the England uh, midfielder um, we're not children you wouldn't ask a five year old what they want at Christmas and if they say a Ferrari you would not say oh that's a good idea no you'd say it's ex- too expensive you cannot drive it if this kid spends the rest of his life upset he hasn't got a Ferrari that would be a sad life so we cannot have six players this summer every player being 100 million you have to realise what you can do and then you have got to work with it it's about how much money you have and you work with that so Liverpool champions of Europe in 2019 um, is it a problem for them in that maybe they'll not be able to compete I mean, anymore with the likes of City, Newcastle and the top clubs on the continent? Well, that's why the, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, of Fenway Sports Group selling up or selling parity to try to bring in further investment. Um, Jürgen's always worked on a tight enough budget. If you look at like the signing or the selling of Coutinho was the signing then of Alisson and Van Dijk. Um, that's how they, they've done it. Like I know they recuperated good money for Sadio Mane which uh, allowed them to bring in Gakpo. Um, it's always been one that Liverpool have never been able to go and spend a couple of hundred million over time. Um, they have spent money, I'm not saying that, but as you said there, the likes of City have spent far more. And I just often wonder, like, if Jürgen had, I'm not going to say an unlimited budget, but a similar budget to Pep, would Liverpool be in this situation? I don't think so. Um, but certainly... It's it's almost a case that they're not going to put all their eggs in one basket, and they're going to look to probably sign, say, probably three, four players um, in the summer to try and bolster the squad because inevitably that squad is aging. Um, they've been incredible players for Liverpool, incredible servants. They've had um, huge success, but they're all now 
you know, early 30s or whatever, and they need kind of vibrant younger group um, along with a few experienced players to kind of kick them on. Um, but I do think, I do think it's blimp of the season. I think Jurgen will pick it up again next season. Um, I, I don't think he's any less of a manager. Um, he certainly has the capability and the knowledge and the know-how to get this team back again firing. Um, I still think they're capable of putting together a run of results to kind of push for top four, um, albeit it, can they do it? It's it, it's looking hugely um, doubtful, but you know, next season, I definitely think Liverpool will be back and they will be better. Hard for them not to be very frustrated in a way, though, as well. Yeah, um, I think ac- across all the board, um, everybody between, you know, the manager, the fans, even certain players will be annoyed um, that they haven't been able to freshen it up. Um, and there is there is a level of frustration when you do look at the amounts of money other clubs spend. That Liverpool haven't, this, you know, spent the same amount. When Jurgen won the Champions League, you thought that they'd go and invest more money, which they didn't. Um, even when they won the Premier League, you're looking at, can we then kick on? If you look at, you know, Pep Guardiola's always had that thing. Um, I know the financial situation is different, but Pep has always had that thing where you need to constantly be adapting and you, you know, you can't become stale and you have to bring in fresh, fresh faces. Um, and you've seen that time after time, City have done that. Um, and it would be nice if, if Liverpool could give, you know, Jorga that bit extra money and finding a way to make it happen that he can bring in those players. Yeah, I think the, um, Brain trust is really important as well. The recruitment, the people um, making the decisions around transfers. Like if you see Alvarez costs about 14 million. Um, so when you're looking at the Liverpool-Arsenal game last weekend, David, do you see Arsenal as champions? Do you think City are going to mow them down? What did you feel? Because one of the benefits Arsenal have is they've no European football. West Ham are in Belgium during the week. Mm-hmm. They go to West Ham tomorrow. We get the game live here on, on News Talking Off the Ball. Um, it's. Do you think they're going to do it, Arsenal? Do you, or are they just going to fall a bit short? I've said since day one, I, I felt that Manchester City would, would win the league. And then obviously later on throughout the season, probably coming up to the World Cup, there was obviously big talks. Would Arsenal go on and do it? I said Man City will come back. I still feel Man City will come back and win the Premier League. Um, I think Arsenal have been remarkable. Like Their season has been unbelievable and they'll only continue to get better. Um, the players that Arteta has signed have been a huge impact to the whole group of players in the playing squad. I just... Even though I, I'm sticking to my word and what I said that I think Man City, but I wouldn't be surprised if Arsenal continued um, because as the games are ticking by, Arsenal are still in a strong position. Like going to Anfield, regardless of being 2-0 up and, and conceding, it's still a positive result. Um, they've not had much success over the years there. So if you had said initially, we'll go there and we won't get beat and we'll put in you know a good performance, probably what, first half, and then obviously Ramsdale has to come up Trump in the end to make some fantastic saves. But there's always been that big issue of going to Anfield for Arsenal. Um, and I just, like you expect them to go and beat West Ham tomorrow. Obviously, you said there about European football. Obviously, West Ham had that one all, which they'll be disappointed. I watched I watched a good chunk of that game and West Ham were very good in the opening, probably 50 minutes, but then kind of filtered off. Um, but Arsenal will be fresh and they know that they've got cup finals to go um, and that old cliche will come out one game at a time. But they're certainly in the driving seat. I still feel Man City have too much um, and I think like as Johnny touched on earlier I think they are peaking at the right time City What about Man United like these are real defensive issues now they have with Martinez out for the rest of the season Varane out for a few weeks you've got Harry Maguire who you know well Shaw Lindelof will have to carry the can uh, Fernandez suspended for the game away to Seville they threw away the two goal lead 
uh, Rashford has been out, they could be hitting turbulence. I don't think they could be. I think they are in turbulence. Right. And I think I think I think for Harry um, and Lindelof, I think this is I probably a bit dramatic, but I think this is kind of make or break for them. Um, obviously, we've seen the impact of Martinez. There's a lot of question marks at the start. Um, I think he's had a fantastic season. Um, like he's all that talk of him being too short. I think he's ruled that all out. Um, he's been a fantastic signing for United. But I certainly think there will be question marks over um, the two cent halves now they're coming in. You're kind of going back to that initial thing under Solskjaer where they were just leaking a lot of goals. I think one of them is going to really put their name forward. Um, and kick on and have a good ending for this. I say good ending, but a good period of time here um, until Varane is back. And then Varane will come back in. He'll replace one of them. And I think whichever one stays in the team has a future at Manchester United. And I think the other one doesn't. Um, and then I think they'll have to, they'll, I think the club will look to move him on this summer. So it's really, it's a really a big period for them. Um, obviously, w- when you're in a, when you're in a squad of players and, you know, people are playing ahead of you, you're waiting for your chance now an opportunity is arising um, and Maguire and Lindelof have to prove that they're capable of playing for Manchester United. They're both good players, but you imagine that Ten Hag will be looking to sign another centre-half. we got some Premier League uh, scores coming in here. Um, Wolves 2, Brentford nil. Spurs 1, Bournemouth 2. So Bournemouth have taken the lead. This game delayed by 15 minutes, only 67 minutes on the watch. But Dominic Solanke, as David pointed out, has put um, Bournemouth in front. Just Spurs are the most undeserving team of a Champions League spot ever. Uh, Southampton nil, Crystal Palace 2. Everett Yassi with a second goal. They're going to be safe. Everton 1, Fulham 3. Not a great result for the Toffees today. Chelsea 1, Brighton 2. The game we're watching. Got a nice text in here on 53106. Brought my brother, who's over from San Francisco, to his first League of Ireland game up in Tala last night. Fair to say he'd be suitably impressed with the talent on the pitch and the atmosphere off the pitch. Disappointing result. We deserve three points. Got to see the good and bad side of Berkey. Duffer had shells set up well. The time wasting was frustrating, says Anthony Rovers fan. Hashtag 20 times. Uh, yeah, like I've said a few times that, you know, I, I was at, at Ballon Robe last night and sometimes I'm doing something else Friday night to come back and I tend to try to watch the live game again or watch a game again and uh, the League of Ireland is in the place that if not quite the place that I always aspired for it to be it's not far off now the quality of the play like week in week out like Graham Burke I mean of all players the own goal he got but the quality of the play Shamrock Rovers last night and you love this Shane Shamrock Rovers played with Poom Watts Jack Byrne Burke and Ferruja in a sort of a midfield with Sean Cavanaugh who's not really a fullback on the left all absolute ballers 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 and the best player on the pitch was Jack Moylan, who somehow didn't get man of the match. Um, Jack Moylan, for me, I'm just looking at him, and he looks like a foreign footballer, the stuff he does with the ball. And for a, a lad who clearly needs to score more goals, like Neil Ferruja, but just the, the whole spectacle, like Tala, 7,000 people there. We'll soon have 10,000 at a League of Ireland game as well, JD. Um, Damien Duff and Joey O'Brien, two Premier League stars in their day uh, on the dugout. And then the Stephen Brady, Stephen McPhail, and these kind of real deep thinkers about the game. And the, f- the quality of the football, Graham Burke's goal, it was almost like it was almost like you expect it now from from him. Jack Byrne like pulling the strings in midfield, like causing mayhem. But like 
I, I just watched that game and I, I'm just so proud of where the League of Ireland has gotten from with very little help from the authorities no TV deal no real money in the game apart from what comes in for transfers and in Europe and it's happened from within and the standard like it's at at the moment um, I'm so proud of where it's where, where it's at and the texture in like you could have brought anyone you could have brought Pep Guardiola to that game last night he would have said there's some really good football played here it was phenomenal standard but I'm actually just I'm actually just used to it now like the, you watch Derry and the football that they're playing Patrick McElhenney one week you watch uh, Shamrock Rovers the next week you watch Shelburne last night were a mid-ranking team and I, I just love the standard of football at the moment the young players that have to stay here because of Brexit um, and yeah I just, I just love it it was played on a good pitch great surface and um, Jack Moylan Shane yeah, he's a former serious, Wexford loanee, of course. He's, yeah, he's he's a serious footballer, JD. He really, really is. He is one of those ones who's just as Johnny has kind of described. He's, he's a bit off the cuff, um, so he is. Which I know at times uh, some have held against him in that he maybe isn't following the plan necessarily all the time. But when things go right for him, and when he's in the kind of form, I've only just seen the the, the highlights from last night's game. Um, when he's in that kind of form he looks absolutely fantastic and he is he, he, he is a brilliant brilliant talent Shells are going to have to rely quite heavily on him because Boyle's out obviously he, she, yeah. Jack Boyle doesn't score enough goals and he's, he doesn't convince him for the goal but against Derry when you have a defender who comes up touch tight against him he finds these outrageous flicks to like literally spin you now he did it last night to was it Hoare I think um, who's obviously a recognised really good defender I think it might have been McElhenney in the Derry game did him like an absolute kipper like a kipper it was like one of these if you do if you do a Jack Moylan reel from even the last two games I've seen him play in like and he, he did this pass in later on before he got tired and was taken off his pass for the goal was outrageous like the way to pass Matty Smith got banned the match I'm looking at Moylan and I'm like if you're a scout who's possibly here to watch someone else you're looking at Moylan you're like this lad doesn't look Irish though he doesn't. He doesn't look like an Irish player. He just plays with like he's way to pass, and you, you you see him. And the Rovers players were frightened of him in the end. And like I'm, I'm tipping Rovers to win the league at this stage. I think they're clicking into form. Derry having a bit of wobble. Yeah, yeah. I tip Rovers at the start, but Jack Moylan made their defenders last night look really, really second rate at times. He just couldn't deal with them. Johnny, if, if we could, if we could bottle this passion and put it into the stores, I love football. I'm Irish. I love when he goes off with these. Would, would, would sell a, a lot. Shit, of, a lot you're, of you're right, though, Shane. It's like, and it's it's sellout, sellout, sellouts. Like there was unbelievable quality in the Bows uh, Pats game, but like that was secondary to what I saw on Tala. Yeah, no, Johnny. Johnny's a. Uh, Making a, a reference there, I won't name the club, but I but I, I got a call during the week from from uh, uh, the head of recruitment at one of the clubs in in the UK just to say he was coming across. He was coming across to watch um, to, to have a specifically, I suppose, to have a look at the Shamrock Rovers player. But he just he just gave me a call. And he just threw it at me. He just said, "Listen, I, I've seen Rovers a few times. I haven't seen shells. Is there anybody that might catch the eye that I should keep an eye out for with shells?" So. I'm, very, very happy that Jack Milan managed to back up my boast because he was the name I threw out and uh yeah, I got a got a, a call from the same person last night to say they were extremely impressed with Jack. Duffer Duffer's gonna be on the phone now in a minute kicking off. <laughs> yeah. Did you see his clobber last night? He was wearing this like um kind of designer hoodie. Um and he was actually having he looked <laughs> like such a thing. Uh, yeah, it was like a designer hoodie, like kinda um navy, really smart, and he was actually having banter with the fourth official. So maybe he just seems to be in I think Duffer and um, Joey O'Brien I think they're quite happy with the way Shells are going on the pitch like because they, they were 2-0 up GD. I don't think they should have won the game because Rovers deserved it but like this, Shells were really really good last night uh, Man City against Leicester is a half five start the teams are in Ederson and Go Walker, Diaz Laporte and Stones Rodri, De Bruyne Bernardo Silva 
and then Haaland with Grealish and Mahrez alongside for Leicester, Everson in goal, Fai, Sionchu and Suter. Then almost like a five across the middle with Castagna and uh, Christensen. And then in the middle, Tielemans, Drewsbury Hall and Ndidi and then Vardy uh, up front with Madison in the pocket behind them. That is a half-five start. Chelsea won Brighton two, Everton won Fulham three, Southampton nil, Crystal Palace two, Wolves two, Brentford nil. These all games approaching full-time. The Spurs, Bournemouth game kicked off 15 minutes late. Spurs won Bournemouth two is the latest score there. Interesting to see Jason Malumbi score twice mm. for West Brom today. They lead Stoke by two goals to one. Also Ryan Manning scoring for Swansea leading Huddersfield yeah, by a goal another, to nil. Another of the left-back brigade. Um, the the other thing is I thought Malumbi was phenomenal by the way against France but didn't speak much about that the other thing very brief about the League of Ireland and I'll leave it at that JD I'm done with my selling point it was really alarming last already night already sold it was really alarming on, on Instagram because you know the way there's like the League of Ireland for many years has been a bit of a bull McCabe it's my field leave me alone go home like if you're anyone who's from the outside looking in because this is my patch there's like a DJ like and an English guy I know from racing at League of Ireland games on Instagram and par- parading this I'm like it's getting quite cool it's oh, getting cool Go, they're both in Daily Mount I was like how did you get tickets first of all and I didn't even know you were into football not to mind the League of Ireland so there we go Blackpool 1 Wigan 0 Millwall 2 Preston 0 QPR 0 Coventry 3 now Reading 0 Burnley 0 Rotherham 0 Luton 2 Stoke 1 West Brom 2 Sunderland 2 Birmingham City 1 Swansea 1 Huddersfield 0 and Watford 2 Bristol City 0 it's Blackburn against Hull at 7.45 your team David Hull uh, David Myler Jason Malumbi um that was, as Johnny said, an impressive display against the French. He's got, he's got a kind of an energy and a drive about him, and you must be following his progress quite closely. I am, and I first heard his name a few years ago. Obviously, when he came through with the ranks, obviously the coaches uh, that go with the Ireland under 17s, Colin and Ian, they obviously rated him really highly. Um, it's just fantastic to see him kick on. You're always wondering, will these boys kick on? Obviously, to see him now playing week in week out West Brom, and I'd spoken to Steve Bruce about him. Um, and he was a huge admirer of him. Um, so it's great to see Jason do well. I watched the France game. I thought he did well. Obviously, it's a difficult game to play in um, against such a calibre of opposition. But see him now. I know he's just back from injury, playing week in, week out the championship. And obviously, the one question mark I'd have probably had with Jason is he probably needs to add more goals to his game. Um, and obviously, see him get a couple of goals today is good. So it's obviously exciting for, for, for Ireland and um, long may it continue. I'll tell you one thing about Jason Lumby. He does not appeal to me as the type of player who would spend like the last 10 minutes wondering if he'd get the jersey of his opponent. Yeah, not oh. <laughs> oh, that's a low blow, Johnny Ward. Is he Myler? I have no idea, Johnny, but I never spent the last 10 minutes wondering <laughs> if I'd get the shirt either. It was 90, wasn't it? It was 90. No, no. <laughs> I, I earmarked my player a week a week when the when the, the previous game was over and then we played and then it was all business. That was the, what you call it. Never like people used to say that to me because I support Liverpool and I support Liverpool. Like my record against Liverpool is actually really impressive. Um, yeah. Like beaten, what is this? But it never. Um, I think I played Liverpool four times, five times, one three, lost two. You scored goals. You scored uh, goals. Wow! Yeah, wow! Goals. Yeah. You scored a winner against Liverpool, didn't you, David? It did. Um, well, it could be classed. We were one all. I scored to make it two one, and then there was an own goal to make it three one. How do you want to shape it? Yeah. What, um, I, what I'm wondering, David. What I'm wondering after your Zlatan story is, I'm wondering, is there a, an equivalent of OTB in Sweden where the presenter is asking <laughs> <laughs> is asking Zlatan um, about his jersey collection, and he says, "Well, I tell you a story now about the day I got my jersey off of David Myler and he signed it for me." 
Yeah, very stuff. Very stuff. <laughs> um, it'd be like one of those I don't know mysterious shows, um, <laughs> like Football Saturday. Yeah, um, <laughs> awkward Johnny one on YouTube, not Johnny Ward. Uh, which Ancelotti autobiography is Shane referring to? It's called Quiet Leadership. Le- Quiet Leadership, yeah. and it's absolutely superb. It's uh, I've learned more lessons from that book. You don't than have to be a football book. person even to. Um, look, it probably helps, all right. Yeah, yeah. But, and, and specifically, if you have any uh, interest in coaching or management, because he he finishes each chapter with like literally his here are your four lessons that you need to have learned from this chapter which makes really? it makes wow. it very very easy to uh, to pick things up for, oh. for people like me but yes uh, a brilliant brilliant book Leinster are unbelievable they've come from behind to beat the Emirates Lions 38-36 what was that like the third team today or something uh, well I don't know that. Yeah. Um, I saw the guys I saw the guys um, from Leinster in the airport the other day. <laughs> that's, <laughs> wow. that's very impressive <laughs> out of nowhere <laughs> oh, no. I do it me and the lads do it all the time obviously a lot of my buddies are big monster lads like some the guys of your- from Leinster you know, Johnny, Some of these Johnny, monster playing mates take the piss. That was a, that was a, a, a disgraceful <laughs> stereotype of Lens. It's true, no, by the way. John, we're going, we're going to the Hino tent next week. <laughs> Out to the RDS. That's Johnny and the boys. Unbelievable! I, no, I, I did not see that here. coming. All jokes aside, though, they're 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 incredible. Then you they're. could do the voiceover for Russell Carly Kelly. Couldn't <laughs> you? Yeah. Yeah. Well. No, but there's um, there's a couple of those gags up here, you know, where you hear them on little snippets on you see it on social media, mainly on Twitter. But it's just fellas taking the mick, obviously. I know you like it, and though. yet and yet none of them actually do justice to the real thing itself, David. Huh? Uh, <laughs> deadly, deadly. <laughs> We will have Leinster commentary here in two weeks' time <laughs> instead of Football Saturday. So that's still be the. the, the oh, come on, JD. Oh, come on. Wales 3, England 59 in the TikTok Women's Six Nations in Cardiff. Uh, Italy nil, or Ireland nil in Parma is the latest score from the Women's Six Nations. Uh, the Women's Premier Division of the SSE Electricity League, Shelburne 1, Treaty United nil, uh, Talca Park full time, Noel Murray with the goal, and Dealor Waves 1, Sligo Rovers nil is a half time score from the UCD Bowl. Armagh beat Leash. Uh, four nine to two ten at Croke Park in the Little Ladies National Football League Division Two final. Uh, the Grand National is underway at five fifteen. Twenty seven of the forty horses Irish trained. Car Rambler uh, about nine ten to one shot. Like there's about four co favourites here: Car Rambler, Delta Work, Garda Manil, and ain't that a shame? Mister Incredible then about twelve to one with Lemilos. Any second now sixteens. The Big Dog sixteen eighteen to one. Noble Gates last year's winner eighteen to one. Twenty two to one. Bar David Motter, thanks so much. We'll let you away with the accent. I know you're only joking. We'll see you. I know, JD. Deadly. Deadly. <laughs> Johnny and Shane, thank you. Cheers, I, JD. That was, that was a phenomenal <laughs> couple of minutes, sir. Uh, we got to leave it there, folks. Don't forget off the ball. Back tomorrow, 1 to 7 here on News Talk. Will O'Callaghan in the chair tomorrow. We'll showcase two live and exclusive Premier League commentary games for you. First up, Stephen Doyle and Brian Kerr will describe the game between West Ham and the leaders' Arsenal. Then Nathan Murphy and Kenny Cunningham will provide the call on the game between Nottingham Forest and Manchester United. We'll also have reports and reaction from the GA Football Championship match involving Tyrone and Monaghan. Be sure to tune in tomorrow. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with David Myler, Shane Keegan, and Johnny Ward, or our conversations around GA with Eamon McGee and Sarah Donovan, you can find the podcasts on the Off the Ball section of the GoLad Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. Thanks so much for listening across your radio here across the country on News Talk today. We'll just go through the Premier League scores just to finish. Uh, we have games coming to a close. Southampton have lost 2-0 at home to Crystal Palace. Palace have won. Wolves have beaten Brentford 2-0. We also have Chelsea won. Brighton 2 as latest. Everton won. Fulham 3 and Spurs won. Bournemouth 2. We'll speak tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, enjoy the rest of your evening. 
Football on off the ball. With Sky. All the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.